Hey guys, don't skip ahead. This is not an ad. This is the actual Tom Robinson show. TR shocks the world. I am Ray Russell of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And before we get to the episode, I thought it was a good idea that I give you a little preface as to what this episode's all about and what's going on as we dub this episode the lost episode of TR Shocks the World, and for very good reason. There was a point where I wasn't sure this this episode was ever going to see the light of day. I have to take you guys back to December 3rd, 2021, when the show was actually recorded. Keep that in mind as you listen to the episode, by the way. As we're in between the holidays, Thanksgiving has just passed us, Christmas still upon us. I have yet to make my vacation to Las Vegas with my wife. Lots of conversation to be had here. As Tom Robinson talks about all sorts of things from the NXT War Games to the Survivor Series to what's going on in AEW at the time and all sorts of in-between. But now let's get to the reason why this was, well, it was thought to be a lost episode because there was, like I said, a point where I didn't think this, this episode was ever going to make it to air. Well, I'll, I'll set the stage for you. It was about 9.15, December 3rd. We're going to go back to a Friday night that I just happened to be home, approximately 9.15 Eastern time. Tom Robinson gives me a call on the phone. Hey, Double R, Ray Russell. You feel like recording the show? When, Tom? I don't know, about 9.30? 15 minutes from now? Sure, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. Let's just talk about everything. I thought it'd be a good idea to get something in for the holidays. Sounds like a great idea, Tom. I'm down for it. Only one problem. I have no format. I'm not caught up on all the uh, things going on currently in the world of professional wrestling. I'm usually a few weeks behind. So this should make for a most interesting episode of your show, Tom. To which Tom replies something along the lines of, well, let me go have a couple beers and I'll be ready to go. Oh boy, it's going to be one of those nights. All righty. Tom Robinson going to have a lot of fun here on the show. Get a little loose. Funky like a monkey if you wheel BB. And so maybe closer to 945 or so, Tom jumps on. He has a little, little issue in the bathroom. <laughs> Tom gets on there and we have a little fun with that at the beginning of the show. And uh, away we go. And unbeknownst to me, a show with no format somehow devolved or evolved. It depends on how you want to look at it into a, a near five-hour conversation between myself and Tom Robinson. Unfortunately, there was a lot of conversation before and after the show, and, and there was a big downtime right in the middle of the show where the conversation kind of went off script, away from podcasting and just in a typical conversation, business conversation, personal conversation, Tom taking a few bathroom breaks in between as well. Hey, man, when you got to go, you got to go. I know what beer does to you. I've had enough of it. And then from there, about every 30 minutes or so in the show, Tom would give me the old uh, obligatory, Ray Russell, if you can make something out of this, God bless you. <laughs> you are a master of editing. Uh, I feel bad for you, Ray Russell, that you got to go back and do this. If this takes a few weeks, I get it. And I said, Tom, I think this might take a few months. And boy, I wasn't shitting. Is here we are near the end of March and uh, the show just finally making air. But I had to go back and I had to listen to the entire show. I had to decipher what was part of the podcast and what wasn't. Edit that out first. Go back through the show again. And added out a few other things that probably should never make air, even on TR Shocks the World. So there is a part of the show early on where I say, we're not going to edit anything here on TR Shocks the World, but that's just absolutely untrue. Given some of the conversation that was had in this episode, let's just say that. Have no fear, because yes, there will be portions of this episode where you're like, why did this, why did it take three months to get this out? This, there's no need for this to be uncensored. There's, there's nothing obscene about this segment of the show. Hey, wait a minute here. Tom sells this show on being super non-PC, but yet you guys are just having normal wrestling conversation. Well, there are certainly areas of this show that I'm still questioning right now if they should make it to the light of day, but <laughs> this is where we're at. 
It went from five hours, I whittled it down to three hours, and that's quite a bit. Here from myself and Tom Robinson on TR Shocks the World this week. I promise you, yes, before this episode is over, you will hear plenty of non-PC comments from Tom. Everything that actually makes the air here is completely uncensored, except for a couple of times I had to bleep out a name to protect the innocent or maybe to protect the guilty. And we just don't want any repercussions and wind up murdered for, for Tom spilling the beans here on the show. And I promise if you listen long enough, when we get to, well, let's just say there's a very detailed and insanely obscene version of Tom's sizzling six here this week on the show. And uh, yeah, the top two specifically. Listen for the top two. Oh my God, Tom outdid himself there. In this episode, it starts off well enough like your typical wrestling podcast or just conversational podcast. But once Tom starts feeling good, he's feeling really good. And we have a lot of fun on the show. Tom especially has a lot of fun. I'm just there for the ride most of the way this time. Again, we had no format in front of us. We didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. We talked about everything from NXT to AEW from the new Ric Flair podcast. Hey, Tiarnak, the Magnificent makes a quick appearance. Well, I can't do it like Tom, but Wildfire Tommy Rich, hi, brother, makes a guest appearance on the show to talk about his opinion on Big E in the WWE. That made for a fun conversation. But Tom covers everything from the Seth Rollins fan attack all the way down to TR's fight with Ric Flair, well, verbal argument with Ric Flair inside the bar. Plus, Tom talks about his time in high school as he graduated with the uh, very famous Tina Fey. Was she originally to be Tom's baby mama, or were they just passers-by in the hallway? You'll just have to listen and see. We even somehow managed to work in a conversation about impressionist Rich Little. Yes, I'm not shitting you. Rich Little. For those of you who don't know who he is, Google it. And last but not least, an extra ornery night for Tom Robinson as he shoots on everything from Hannibal to David Bixon's span to Von Wagner, Bubba Ray Dudley, AJ Styles? Jay Lethal, Edge, and so much more. And right before you get going with the show, I got to ask you guys to head on over and you can talk to Tom. You can DM him. You can leave him a message, tweet him, retweet him. He has some great conversation there sometimes. Sometimes on Twitter, you can go over to TR Shock. That's at TR Shock on Twitter to find Thomas Robinson right there on Twitter. You can also find me, Ray Russell, on Twitter at Rasslin' Grenade. That's at R A S S L I N Grenade. You can contact me there about the WrestleCopia Podcast Network and any of our shows from TR Shocks the World to our sister shows, The Wrestling Memory Grenade to Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, and so much more. So once again, head on over to Twitter. You can find Tom at TR Shock. Find me, Ray Russell, at Wrestling Grenade. And a final reminder before we get going, TR Shocks the World is a very non-PC and uncensored, for the most part, program. So don't say you haven't been warned. One final disclaimer, guys. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed hereafter on this episode of TR Shocks the World are those of Tom Robinson and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any other entities they may represent. There, I, I think I covered my ass. So here it is, guys. It is the lost episode going back to December 3rd, 2021. The lost episode of TR Shocks the World. TR Shocks the World.
Hey guys, welcome back. Another episode of TR Shocks the World just in time for the holidays. I'm Ray Russell and joining me is the man who makes this show possible. He is Mr. TR himself. Oh, what? What's that smell? <laughs> Basking in the ambience. Basking in the ambience. Oh, Tom, are you are you done over there? TR, Tom Robinson, everybody. Tom, welcome to the show, buddy. Yo, yo, yo. Uh, <laughs> as the old clip would say from Mike Lano, what's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you done with the bathroom? Whew. <sighs> Who knows, brother? Any uh, Anytime you're on the phone, on the uh, live, via internet, etc., I can gonna... just run out and you have to do some editing because, you know. No, no. This is TR Shocks the World. Well, there will be no editing on this special holiday edition. I call it holiday like I'm all PC. This is a Merry Christmas edition here, and, and from my end anyway, Tom. I think I need Metamucil because I'm <laughs> very irregular these, uh, these last few days. Oh, oh, it's my 52nd birthday the other day, too. Oh, happy belated by a couple days, yeah. I know. It took your ass like 48 hours to put something on my Facebook timeline. I was like, was everybody, like... On my, everybody on my friends list hit me up except Ray Russell. Well, it was like 24 hours, and to be fair, I hadn't been on there until that time frame, so sorry. Sorry, Tom. It ain't like you have 92 kids and, like, real life to deal with. That's right. I just sit around waiting for your birthday every year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was an, it probably wasn't an original line, but the uh, infamous fanboy, I shouldn't say it like that, it sounds bad, but a friend of mine, Jamie Ward, his wife uh, commented, hey, you're at 52, you finally have a full deck. Or you're finally playing with a full deck. There you Excuse go. Excuse me. Is that an old line? I've never heard it, but it makes sense. Yeah, but uh, it's not successful so far. Well, <laughs> what are you gonna? What are you gonna? I wish I knew that was coming. I'd have gave you. Rib no, side. no. Just in the first <laughs> couple of days, I have not uh, changed in any way, shape, or form. Well, I, I was gonna ask you how how was your birthday? My birthday was. <laughs> to quote oh. a Justin Bieber hit song, "Oh man, lonely, 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 lonely." Oh, okay. Well, that's that's kind of unfortunate. Not 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 that you were lonely, but that you're quoting Justin Bieber at 52. Oh, he's fucking great. He's my <laughs> man. Nobody fucks with the Biebs. The Biebs and John Cena, and I think you'll agree after I put it this way: the two dudes that a get pussy and b sick kids want to see and they go out of their fucking way to make these little kids that are dying happy at the end of their life so they're okay in my book well leave it to bieber i suppose i was trying to get you to uh put bieber over but i guess that was as good as i'm gonna get well that's i mean hey though no, I'm, I'm i'm down with like you know visiting the sick kids and things like that other than that i don't really have much in common with the the enjoyment of uh bieber along with you tom i apologize how old is your oldest 20. Mm, mine just turned 25. And he's a, it's a he. It's a male. It's right? a he. <laughs> okay. Well, these days yes. you need he, him, her, she, it, whatever. They? Yeah. Them, uh, they? Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, them, they, right. man. Let's, I mean, we got really nothing on a format. We just wanted to get something out there. But since uh, Dummy Yeah was put out there, my boy L.A. Knight is on the Survivor Series, whatever the fuck, uh, War Games. Okay, Excuse War me. Games. Yeah. He go. should be up on the main roster. That was my uh, my mistake. But 
he's on the veteran team uh, working the rookies or young bucks or whatever the fuck, not literally. <laughs> and uh, he did jobs for that Simone Uso brother. I'm not going to name him because half of them I forgot already, but they're probably released. But he did clean jobs on NXT TV to all these fucking guys. I don't know. <laughs> NXT seems like it's going back to 80s wrestling or what was the period when T.L. Hopper and them were on? 96. So I guess it's 90s wrestling, but uh, L.A. Knight, Eli Drake is kind of a 90s slash 2000s wrestler. And I just like buried a guy. Well, he better be glad that he didn't get called up with with everybody that did get called up because most of those guys got fired <laughs> right after they got called up. Bring them up. Never mind. Yes! Whoa! Good point. Good point. A lot of people got uh, let go. Just see Vince and his Austin Theory shit. I've read about it. I saw whatever he did with him at Survivor Series, and I think the night after. Yeah, I Austin Theory's uh, drawn some parallels by some experts, quote-unquote, to one John Cena and Vince McMahon sitting alone with him with this uh, Red Notice $100 million <laughs> egg. Yes, the golden and egg. Yeah. He, he admitted that he got a selfie with it and took it home and was scared and all this nonsense, terrible writing, awful show. Vince, like, looks dead already it's like <laughs> yeah it's it's scary uh, he's not mr mcmahon anymore so i made the easy joke that austin theory is part of the new ruthless aggression movement that's egg so i only changed one letter ah aggression gotcha see there used to be ruthless aggression yeah i remember that there that whole that whole slap thing kurt angle john this, cena this reminds me of uh when I used to do stand-up and I really didn't feel like doing it, and I went up anyway, and I bombed unmercifully, uh, but just kept going because that's the spirit of it, and that's the spirit of this podcast. Well, you don't know if you're bombing or not, Tom. Everybody's they, they got to make up their own minds after 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 we put this out. I'm sure I'm sure everybody enjoys Tom Robinson. So I mean, I'm laughing. But let's talk about Ray Russell for a second. Oh, boy. What do you want to talk while about I, me for? While I brainstorm oh boy. about the state of the wrestling business. I already see what's coming now. Tomorrow is oh. uh, Saturday, December 4th, I believe, and the undefeated Cincinnati Keith Lees. <laughs> Keith Lees, yeah. Hey, you got it. Cincinnati Bearcats <laughs> yeah. are taking on the Houston Cougars. Is that, that's their name, right? The Houston Cougars? Holy shit. I just saw a background man charged in Upper Darby shooting range. Upper Darby's like around the corner from me. Anyway, sorry for the breaking news. Sure. Um, Gotta be careful. Watch your ass, man. Yeah, I'm ducking bullets all over the place. Anyhow, back to the story. Uh, Cincinnati's playing Houston tomorrow. How do you feel about any any and all of that being a Cleveland guy? Um, you know, I'm. I guess I would have to root for Cincinnati. They're closer than Houston. I don't really have a dog in that fight. I'm, Are you an Ohio State backer? Yeah, I'm an Ohio State guy. That well, is, uh, they got two losses, so they're pretty much out. Yeah, I know. I know. You don't have to remind me. I, I saw. Well, I wait, saw the though. Michigan shit. Yeah, Michigan, as, as Ric Flair predicted, we can get into all that later. But <laughs> Ric Flair. But, yeah, they lost to Michigan, which was their second loss. Uh, Alabama has lost and is playing Georgia tomorrow. 
So it sets up if everybody wins that Cincinnati will be a playoff team. However, if they lose, all kind of shit can happen. But being from the state of Ohio, sure. Ray Russell, how old are you right now? 42. 42. If my estimation is correct, you are approximately the same age as all those guys from out in Ohio from WWE, like Dolph Ziggler and, yeah. and Mike Mazanin, or yeah. Nick Nemeth, I should have said, and been smart. Yeah, we, we all graduated the same year. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I give you credit. You just said we graduated the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina Fey was in the class of 88 at Upper Darby. And, you know, a lot of, like, in my homeroom was this kid, Todd Rucci, whose kids play for Wisconsin now and somebody else respectively. And he played in the pros and played for Penn State and stuff like that. But I, it's Rooch to me. Like, and he's just a guy. But Tina Fey's like the, the, the 30 Rock and the Mean Girls, so she's like the star right. of that class in my eyes. And uh, I always like exaggerate my fucking relationship to her to anybody <laughs> because I have no self-esteem. <laughs> and, like, she was in my world cultures class, and I literally never exchanged any words with her except like, hi or excuse me when I walk by her or something. But... I mean, if you catch me on the right night, I went to the prom with her. I got her pregnant. And we had to have an abortion, blah, 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 blah. Wow. But back to the point is that Ray Russell said we graduated together, <laughs> left it at that. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, it wasn't the same school, Tom, so we did just graduate the same year. <laughs> so I a little choked up there thinking about my high school days. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm Tina Fey, I guess. I mean, you should have stuck with that, Tom. She didn't look like she does today back then. She's, <laughs> she looks very Greek back then. <laughs> well, and she, and she, got, she got jabbed in her face by a knife-wielding nutcase. Yeah, I, she I always wondered what that scar was from, so that's good to know. Now yeah, I know why. Yeah, she, she's, she got fucking jabbed by some weirdo. And Anyway, the scar never went away, but the makeup covered most of it, and she ended up a pretty good-looking, brilliant woman. And It worked out. Maybe she'll come on one day. Yeah. <laughs> Class of uh, whatever year that would have been. My other buddy, Greg Lingo, this was unprepared and just came in my head. <laughs> okay. He's uh, two years. He was class of like 90. He has a movie uh, called Last Call that he wrote with Bruce Dern, Jeremy Piven, Sherry O'Terry, who's also from here. Uh, Jamie Kennedy, who's also from this area, et cetera, et cetera, and a couple more actors. I watched the movie. It's okay. Sorry, Greg, but you should rent it or watch it. I think it's coming on Showtime. And uh, if he doesn't listen to exactly what I said and I just put it over on this show, Uh maybe I'll get an extra gig. Nice. I hope it works out for you. Wouldn't be bad. We can catch you in another another movie here coming up sometime soon. You'll have to let us know if that works out. Yeah, I'm just trying to drink a beer and clear the throat and so we can get into important topics and sure. I'm just randomly bullshitting. But back to Cleveland. Yeah, well, I saw <laughs> that guys coming. Guys like that that are your age and whatnot. Sure. Uh, right. Did you know those guys like before they were famous or anything? Just no more than to say hello. Uh, Miz did Normandy High School, which was the, it's the first suburb next to Cleveland on the south side. My girlfriend of the time, actually went to school with Miz, so 
we passed at parties and things like that. Not no more than to say what's up, shit like that. I knew his dad better than him, and Mrs. Dad's kind of a phenomenon in, in itself. <laughs> uh, but uh, his dad owns a chain of, uh, or he did own a little ch- small chain of uh, what I don't know if you guys have them where you guys are, but they're called Mr. Hero, and they're kind of like burger little burger places you go in and grab these burgers and shit like that. But his dad's owned those or owned those, I should say. Anyway, at least going at least going back to the '80s. So yeah, <laughs> but I, I knew him. To, I knew who he was, and I knew of him, and and my girlfriend knew him, and and whatnot uh, way back in the high school days. Now Ziggler, we never really pit, crossed paths unless we played, uh, worked, you know, fought, uh, wrestled or whatever and shit. I don't remember. We're probably different weight classes. But it, what's the funny story with that is, is I probably I would have went to high school with him. You had to take a test in order to get into a school of that mag, of that caliber, St. Ed's, and I passed that test and I got in with flying colors. But then I found out it was an all boys, and I said, "No, fuck that," <laughs> and so I, I didn't do it. And so, otherwise, I, we would have been uh, all four years high school together, I guess, and so maybe you, maybe we would have bonded from our, our our you know fandom of wrestling or something. Who knows? Are you stating Ray Russell that Nick Nemeth, RR, and NN, if you went to that all male school, that that Nick Nemeth, the all American and future <laughs> Kent State prodigy, that's right, was a homosexual? No, I'm not saying that at all. It doesn't even make any sense. I didn't say well, that. I'm saying you didn't want to go because it's all male. I, I, I thought there was some implication. No, I'm saying that there fact. were no ladies to be had. I, I, I oh yeah, right. oh yeah. Because uh, apparently Dolph's notorious for yes. Amy Schumer. I was gonna. And, that was uh, the, the Tammy Sitch uh, has pictures that he allegedly uh, suplexed her for seven hours, and some cock and pussy were involved. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, even one of the Bellas before John Cena got a hold of her, that Nikki Bella or whatever, yeah. Yeah, he's his dick's been around, as uh, late Dennis Carluzzi would say. His fucking <laughs> dick's been born, man. Nice. But anyway, all right. This is a wrestling show. And I'm <laughs> well, you were talking about wrestlers. Really, well, yeah, we're talking about wrestlers, like high school life and things of that nature. Things of that nature. What, what is my saying that I get a bell from? So forth. <laughs> I almost went there. <laughs> I did the Vince saying things of that nature. And things um, of that nature, yeah, pal. It's pick up time, Patterson. <laughs> That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a great night it is to do some podcasting with no format. Anyway. I got to say, this is the first time I literally have no format in front of me. I have nothing. So this is going to be interesting for sure. No doubt about it. We're just going to. That was a Whitney Houston song. I have nothing. But anyway. Bear with me, folks. I'm warming up. How will I know? <laughs> you do pop me when you come back with my uh, obscure references and top it with a less, obs- you know, more obscure rather <laughs> um, reference of a of a hit song, so to speak. But anyway, let's let's fucking kick ass now. Sure. Um, ignore roll. the first five minutes. Let's go to pro. first twenty minutes. But okay. Five minutes in my time. I don't know. Um, I was, you know, how big of an egomaniac I am and uh, an asshole. I was listening to a lot of podcasts this week and I said to myself, fuck, man, these guys suck. Yeah. Like they're my friends and I won't mention names or nothing, but I was listening to a sample of just about everybody that's on the air. And it's like they just, they talk and they, they flow and they're prepared and they're, much smoother than I and whatever, but God, it's like 
it's like watching Raw. It, it, it's like watching just fluff or listening to fluff. I mean, I may not be as suave and smooth and well-prepared and everything else like that. And you're on the other end who's interjecting like little, you know, quips and responses and so forth. But yeah, it's like, that's why I figured come on tonight just because we haven't been on a while and get something out there because there's not much better out there. No, you know, I don't know what you're wanting to talk about first or, or whatnot, but um, I'll say uh, I was really disappointed with the, uh, how, what did you think about the Ric Flair podcast when it, when it made its debut with Mark Madden? You know, it sucks, especially this particular subject. Mark Madden, I've always liked, got along with. I could say I'm a friendly acquaintance with still to this minute. Okay. Um, he's 60 years old. Uh, his show in Pittsburgh, if you've ever listened to it, is fucking great because he works the whole city of Pittsburgh in a wrestling character about sports, hangs up on people, you know, cuts promos on them, et cetera. All, you know, mostly in character. Mm-hmm. And they just listen and listen and come back for more abuse. So I love Mark for that. But he's 60 years old now, and he's got Nature Boy Ric Flair, who allegedly was going to be part of AEW before that wonderful Dark Side of the Ring episode. And now he's got some kind of, uh, you know, last ditch effort, if you will, to get some money. And I'm sure they're making money because they get a lot of hits on uh, YouTube or whatever, but. When you put a mic on Ric Flair, he becomes less likable each fucking time there's a mic on him. Am I wrong or? No, and I mean that's part of it too. It started really from my, you know, from my side of things being the editor of all the shows that I do is just listening to the opening of the first show, the sound kept cutting out when Mark Madden was just opening the show. And I go, "What the fuck is this and how do you put this on the air? This is like Ric Flair. Like th- there's no reason it should sound like <clears throat> shit." And then Mark Mann was just, and this is no, I, I don't know him personally, but him screaming into the microphone as loud as he can instead of just talking like a normal human being. That was, it was just bothering the shit out of me. And that was just from the announcer point of view of, of everything. And then, then it's like you said, Rick just continued to talk. And it was like, yikes, dude, you're not doing yourself any favors because it's, you know, there's no filter, but it's not like it's wild and untamed type stuff. It's just Ric Flair type stuff that's coming out of his mouth. It's, nothing really shocking it's just probably things that are best left unsaid i guess to some degree i'm with you and we're we're in no way part of cancel culture and now i feel pretty no. good right so i can talk clearly now but what where i'm getting is i am anti-cancel culture and yes. when he used to do it with conrad when he'd be half fucking lit and he he dropped some easter eggs if you listen close now that he's with Madden, he's kind of, you know, he's sober when he's doing the show. At least he appears so. It appears that he's taping during the day. But he still drops that every once in a while uh, comment that he almost died. He was in the coma. And the last words, you know, verbally he said to me, not that I was like in his life all the time, but there's been several occasions. And one, we were drinking together and he left a bar and called me a fucking asshole. So right. I had a thing like, fuck you, Ric Flair kind of deal. But then when he had that, as Hunter would say, cardiac event or whatever the fuck he had that put him down for a while and he was in a, a medically induced coma and all that, 
I said, geez, that's fucking Ric Flair. He gave me so much entertainment. Fuck that one weird night, man. I pray for the guy, let him get better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Comes back, uh, has like a, a little thing with a WWE ambassador and seems to regain his health or what have you for the most part. And now he's back on the outs with WWE, so he just runs and, and just starts talking shit on people and on organizations. And uh, I hate to say it to Mark, Mark Madden, because, you know, like I said, I'm friendly with him, and he's always did well at whatever he's tried. Financially, this might work for him, but it's going to kill Ric Flair. I mean, not literally, but if he hasn't ruined his fucking legacy already, it will in time because one of these days he's going to have a six pack or some fucking fruity drinks that he drinks. And he's going to say a bunch of shit that he'll regret. And it's, it's, I don't know. It doesn't seem good to me. Like I can do shock radio, but I didn't do a, you know, a, a trilogy with Rick Steamboat that'll, you know, make fans cry if they watch it again. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm yeah. just a douchebag who did the indies. So, you know, I can say whatever I want. I work a regular job. But Ric Flair in wrestling, that's his only fucking job. So, I don't know. I think he's ruining his legacy. Yeah, the only good thing about it is, you know, he always talks about his uh, ADHD. These these podcasts that Rick goes and does, they don't never seem to work out in the long run. He always seems to just kind of lose interest after a few weeks. So, it's... Curious to see how many weeks this actually lasts before he goes, yeah, I'm bored with that shit. That's, that's too much work, two hours a, year, a week to make some money. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what actually happens with it long term. But for right now, I, I only listened to part of the first one. I didn't even do the second one. So I read some of the transcript as far as what he talked about and everything with Seth Rollins and all that stuff. But other than that, I, I, haven't, I wasn't intrigued enough to go back. I didn't really care for the sound quality, for who it was. I, it was just inexcusable. Especially with Mark Madden, he knows he knows radio, like you said. And then, I don't know. I don't know what Flair was using. It was just like, this is not professional enough for me to be Ric Flair. Like, Steve Austin is not a whiz at, at uh, microphones and all these other gadgets, but yet his show still comes out so professional. So why can't Rick's is, is my, my first point. And my second point is definitely exactly what you just said. I, I don't understand the point. of what, what is he? I guess he's getting money. The, the uh, short answer is, what is he getting out of this? Money. So, yeah, and that's what Rick's always done. It's let me go wherever I can go, whether it's the state lottery or whatever. Whoever's going to pay me to do something, I'm going to go do it because I need money because I spend it faster than I make it. I'm not one to condemn him for that. In fact, he probably called me an asshole because he saw a mirror of himself that night. (laughs) It was actually in December. It was December 15th, I believe, in 2015. Uh Raw was in town. It was Monday, December 14th, 15th, or 16th. I forget. My my father had just passed away December 10th in that year. So I was kind of in a, a whirlwind of emotions when I was drinking with Ric Flair. And at that time, Charlotte and Becky were friends. Rick actually texted them for me. Why, I don't know, but he did. He texted Conrad, or he called Conrad Thompson at, uh, I don't know, 1230 on a Monday night to no avail. Um, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, the last thing he said to me was that I'm an asshole. And I, I was thinking to myself, that's kind of cool, but kind of fucked up in the same way. Cause I was nothing but nice to the guy. But anyway, yeah, he talks a lot of shit and I guess we'll jump right into this subject. I was going to hold off till later, but 
it was episode three, which I've yet to watch, that apparently, or maybe it was episode two. I don't know, because I didn't watch the whole thing. But apparently he was uh, one of the, I'd say majority of the boys that are all over Seth Rollins for when he got caught by TMZ about the uh, little mental case bowling ball with a fucking 20-yard running start who speared him and knocked him the fuck over. (laughs) It was a nice run. I got to say that much. I mean, a dude was 5'4 or whatever, but he, you know, for his, what he lacked in height, he had in girth. He was about 180 or 190, 200 pounds, something like that. And he was trucking around the corner. I mean, oh, yeah, that's what I said. I got to give it to him for the, for the sprint. This fucking weirdo would have knocked over anybody. And everybody wants to talk tough after the fact. Seth Rollins said it was terrifying. Now, I want to put a different perspective out there. I work for a package uh, delivery company, one of the uh, top three in the world. It's actually top three in America. It's number one in the world, but I don't want to go into that. But if I was just like going to my job and leaving, uh, you know, whatever, fucking dropping off a package and just walking back to my truck, and somebody had a 20-fucking-yard dash doing about a fucking 4.0 <laughs> and just hit me out of nowhere, I'd be fucking terrified, too, before I got my bearings and fucking choked the fucker out. I mean, there would be no fucking Adam Page or... who? Not Adam Page. Who's the fucking authority figure there? That Pierce? Scrap Daddy. Yeah, it wasn't him, but those kind of dudes. Sanjay Dutt or one of them motherfuckers. The dudes with the suits... One of them comes out and a ref comes out, but you already got fucking slam, bam, bam by this little fucking bowling ball. And, you know, you don't know what the fuck's going on. It's not the territory's jerk offs. You, you don't have the chance to recover, choke the motherfucker back to the back, put him in a room and put the boots to them. You, you work for a corporation, a publicly traded corporation. You're on live TV and it's the fucking era of pussies with cancel culture. So... You know, he's mentally ill, apparently, and he was uh, summoned by Goldberg and Vince McMahon to attack Seth, but they can't say nothing because it's on a down low, and he owed him money, et cetera, et cetera. Seth Rollins, if you happen to hear this along a plane ride or you're whatever, I'm with you, dude. Like, of course you would have beat the fuck out of him if you had the, a fair chance. But, uh, you know, dare I say, and I will say it, if Brock Lesnar was in the same situation, he'd got bowled over by that little fat fuck. Because 20, you know, when you're walking and not looking, I don't care how tough you are now, would Brock Lesnar just kind of front face lock him and let the authorities fucking kick him out? No. Probably would have snapped his neck, actually. Fucking snapped his neck, right. Yeah. But uh, to say he was terrified is just being honest, in my opinion. He wasn't saying this little fucking piece of shit scumbag, whatever your fucking name is, Jabron. Um, would I take mental illness shit for anxiety and depression? I don't know if you're schizophrenic or whatever the fuck you are, but you should be stomped in the fucking head. You shouldn't be put away and coddled. You're a fucking cunt. Don't jump the barricade, anyone. But to say he was terrified is a natural reaction. He got caught on on film. I saw Hannibal. You know Hannibal. Oh, I'm familiar. Hannibal's a bad motherfucker. So if he's mad, I'll have to fucking get my ass kicked, but I'll show better than most people. 
but he was like, yeah, uh, I offered $1,000 for uh, that guy to come out and fight the blood hunter. And yeah, I, uh, Seth Rollins should have never said that he was terrified. And he had Sullivan on his podcast and Sullivan's like, yeah, I think he would want to take that one back. And <laughs> some other dude, who I, I, I never fucking, I didn't recognize, but yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could say I partially agree with Sullivan. They, you know, the camera in the face, the word terrified kind of makes the boys look bad, but we're mixing generations here. And even the old school of oldest school guy, Jim Cornette said, Yo, he called. He blindsided him. What the fuck are you gonna do? So, well, you know, I don't, I don't know. even look at it from a, oh man, he took him down point of view. I mean, I think your body's natural instinct when you have one second to prepare when you're gonna get bulldozed is to go down. Like you're not you're not prepared to, you know, block put a block up and and try to stop it. So he's gonna go down. Uh, from there, it's whatever. I I wouldn't even I didn't have a like everybody after the fact tried to make make it a point to give him shit for. Not throwing punches, not beating the shit out of the guy. You know, he's like you said, he's he held him there. I didn't have an issue with anything Seth Rollins did with the guy or what have. I wish there would have been more that came out. Like I would have loved to have seen him, you know, get physical with the dude. That would have been fun. But when even though he didn't, I didn't think anything twice about it. It was only that TMZ that it kind of threw me off. I'm like terrified, really. It just sounded like the poor choice of word there. I doubt he was terrified. I'm sure he was like, "What the fuck's going on?" And maybe that is terrified by definition i don't know i don't have a webster's in front of me but i i don't know man like the word i thought the word choice is bad it did sound kind of like wussy so to speak but at the same time i get what he's saying uh obviously guys aren't like you know uh sticking knives in him with with pig lard on it and shit like blackjack mulligan or whatever but blackjack mulligan has been making statements <laughs> Never by the way your hannibal sounded like uh triple h breeded with johnny valentine it was a very interesting voice. Listen, I didn't prepare tonight. <laughs> I have not worked on my Rich Little-esque uh, wrestler impersonations. I just kind of go do you with know, the flow. Do you know Rich Little still performs in Vegas? I saw, saw, saw his shit there. He does it like every, uh, every week. I, I saw his uh, advertising on the hologram. He's got to be dead. <laughs> I was thinking, like, how old is Rich Little? And does anybody even get the impersonations he's doing? But I, I saw his... Um, they're advertising on the billboard. He's there every like Friday. And I, and I didn't have a chance to go last time, but now that you made me remember that, I, I might look into it. I have no idea how there's old he is. No, there's, there's no fucking hologram. I did see hologram. I was really it's let good. down. I, I got, I saw holograms of Elvis and uh, Marilyn Monroe Tup- and Michael Jackson. Tupac. No, no, there was no Tupac. Although I would, yeah. I would have settled for some Biggie. But yeah, I mean, but Rich Little can't be alive. I mean, if anybody listening can. <laughs> Produce me Rich Little. I will fucking kneel in front of Rich Little and Rich Little is eighty three years old and still performs in Las Vegas. There you go. No fucking way. You just pulled that up. I did. He's he's eighty three. Yeah, he just turned eighty three last month. In nineteen eighty three, I'd watch him on the fucking Tonight Show. (laughs) Got it. He He goes back to the celebrity roasts, man. He looked eighty three then. Yeah, he's yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, did we Good talk shit, about pal. anything yet? Yeah, Rich Little. Rich Little. <laughs> um, As your listeners go say, who the hell is Rich Little? You talked about Seth Rollins being terrified. I know you got that out of the way. And and Hannibal. Yeah, Hannibal. Uh, 
busted his balls and said he offered the uh, attacker $1,000 to wrestle his gimmick with Blood Diamond or some shit. Right. Uh, I forget. But uh, I've yet to hear a response. Um, that's what he said. Very well. So he wants to beat up on people with wants- a mental illness. Okay. Good deal. Uh, I, I, I don't blame him because, you know, it's kind of like, I just saw in the background my home area, Upper Darby mass shooting or something, and they caught the guy. I don't care what he's on. I don't care if he's a fucking straight up, like, fucking Down syndrome dude. He's not. But if you're a danger to many people and are competent enough, and this is like a more political comment, to hurt the innocent in masses, just put you down. Just go away. Boom, right in the head. Fire. Put you down. <laughs> just end you. Fuck that. Fuck Take that him. little bowling ball that did his run. All that shit. <laughs> Kill those fuckers. Hey, I'm down for whatever Seth Rollins does to the guy or whatever happens to him between the backstage area and the police station. I mean, whatever happens, happens, but. After the fact, some guy that wasn't involved in it whatsoever offering money to beat him up at just it's a little tacky. Go find your own stuff. Well, I mean, fucking Hannibal, I mean, they've never uh, claimed he was a, a genius, but nobody's ever disclaimed that he was a badass. He was like fucking all Canada or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. in the amateur fucking Olympic trials and all that other shit. Before he uh, shot up with Abby backstage or whatever the fuck they did. And he got the hepatitis like Pam Anderson. Yeah, and he got paid. Yeah, did he get paid for for that whole deal? I believe he got paid. I want to be on Hannibal TV and talk to Hannibal about his fucking hepatitis. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hannibal on TR Shocks the World. Wouldn't that be better? Yeah, vice, yeah, that'd work. I mean, but he's on YouTube and shit. In fact, you got to get on. You're already on YouTube with the wrestling grenade and all that yeah. other fucking 82 programs you got. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned some- that because Shill Time today, officially today, finally, we got our own custom URL on YouTube. Finally, enough subscribers to do that. So now you guys can go to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and WrestleCopia. We'll also have TR Shocks the World episodes up there very soon. You're going to go to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Tom, thanks for reminding me. Uh, well, you're welcome. But, I mean, there's all these J-Brones, WrestleMania and Wrestling Hub and all these motherfuckers. Sure. They go to Dave Meltzer's fucking website. They watch Brian Alvarez or Dave or listen or read or whatever way they get it. Yeah. Or they go to Sean Fightful Sap and Denise Sala fucking Cito and... Uh, Wade Keller, they'll just or who's the other dude, Mike Johnson from PW Insider. That's a blast from the past. And they'll just go and read what they read, and they'll make a little video of somebody with the talent that you have. I'm sure. I don't know how the fuck to put it up there, but I would put TR Shock on Seth Rollins incident. Just a little suggestion. Not not that I'm bothered or anything, but. I'm bothered by the fact that these J-Brones have like 1.7K looks, their views or whatever, when I scroll through my YouTube. And I'm saying, man, Ray crushed them. Yeah, well, I mean, we can do that, Tom. It's not like I don't think of doing things like that. It's just with all of this going on, it's kind of hard to cut these things out and pop those up on there on top of everything else. But yeah, that's definitely something I'll look into doing and adding to, to YouTube because I got to put all the shows on YouTube. So 
It's something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. In time, let's 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 put twenty twenty two. That's only what like it's six it's also back. much more complicated when there's no format to a show. So I have absolutely no idea what time in the show that we talked about something, and I have to like go search for it. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you want to air some dar- dirty laundry right now, motherfucker, never mind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So w- what's the wrestling business going? What's going on in there? Mm, you tell me. You're the one that's like all over it. Uh, Cody Rhodes went through a flaming table the other day, from my estimation, for no reason whatsoever. Oh, my God. Guess who I see coming around the corner? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. That doesn't sound it's, good. It's, uh, it's not Tommy Rich. It's that other weird motherfucker. Yeah, like I said, he's coming around the corner, and yeah, I yeah. wish it was Tommy. I thought, I thought you were talking about the female persuasion, but that's clearly, that's clearly the music of uh, Tiarnak, the Magnificent, no doubt. Welcome, Saba Simba. <laughs> Indeed, welcome. As I put air quotes around, welcome to our show, Tiarnak. I am uh, trying to get on every fucking show you have, including Wrestling Grenade. <laughs> you are welcome. You're welcome I'd on love, the Wrestling Grenade. I'd love to talk primetime wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. What can we do you for this time, Mr. Magnificent? I have a variety of jokes here. I have probably 37, in fact, wow. but... Uh, I see that big fatso Tom around the corner, so I'm just going to get as many in as I can. <laughs> well, we have no format, Tiarnak, and normally with no format, that would mean that you could probably stay on here forever, but we're going to hold you to just a couple. If you have one, two, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll let you go. I'll let you know how you do, and th- that'll depend on how much longer you stay on here. Uh, Pedro from the real world with <laughs> lesions on his arm. Oh. Cody and Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Oh yeah, what? what, (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. No matter how hard you try, they just won't heal. (laughs) (laughs) Sim Saba Simba. Wow! Get the fuck out! Get the go! Get the fuck out! That was terrible. That didn't last very long, Tom. I was <laughs> that was kind of good, actually, a little bit. I mean, uh, it was terrible, but in a good way. It's oh. talking about uh, somebody that unfortunately had a bad immune system, a compromised immune system, as they as they say, and and, and you know, putting it together with Cody saying he'll never turn and they just won't heal. What a awful, poor taste! What a terrible joke. Probably wrote that in like two minutes. <laughs> he probably did. Wait, he doesn't write his jokes, right? Doesn't he like read them out of an envelope or something? I don't know. I'm never there, so I have no idea. I don't really (laughs) know the concept. I I don't pay attention to these people and these characters and anything, but Jesus Christmas. That might have been TRNX fastest visit yet. Well, let's hope we can keep him away, and if he keeps it like not so disgusting and so uh, (laughs) vile and so uh, offensive... Then maybe he can have a segment every two shows or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like how you followed him up by explaining his joke. It's almost like you knew exactly what he was thinking. No, nah, I, I, you know, I was just <laughs> trying to decipher how disgusting that joke was and how bad it was. It was almost, 
to me, uh, it, it bothered me on an equal level with the one a few shows ago about Del Wilkes and Aaron Hernandez and the woman whose name escapes me. And, and the punchline was there three dead Patriots. I mean, yeah. come on. We're trying to run a legitimate <laughs> podcast here with we're not trying to ruffle any feathers or make anybody uncomfortable or make fun of the unfortunate or uh, it's just wherever I go, they follow me around. Well, you picked a good time of year to make it all uh, snowflakes only around here, I guess, huh? Nice snowflakes in December. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's almost that time of year. Well, it is that time of year, but it's almost Christmas. We've uh, we've just uh, passed Thanksgiving. So let's talk about, uh, I can't even fucking, I can't even do McAdam. I was just going to do McAdam. I used to, McAdam slept at my apartment and shit, like back in the day. You know John McAdam? Yeah. Who doesn't um, know johnmcadam.com? For the listeners, uh, John McAdam is from Nashua, New Hampshire. He's a very old friend of mine, 56 years old. I'm 52. We met in person. He just hopped in the car with me and Joe Lilly and, and drove to Baltimore. That's how weird wrestling people are back in the day. We met, you know, we did correspondence and stuff, but we just met for like five seconds and he just ups and jumps in a car for a three hour drive. So um, that was the first uh, encounter um, physically with Mr. McAdam. But um, physically, where was I going? I was just, I was just, Gonna do an impression of him. I honestly love three ways. I love four ways. Yeah, where you were going, I don't know. You you guys got physical? I don't know. (laughs) Yes, we got physical. It was was the Piss Boys, Joe Lilly and I, with uh, Mr. McAdam. Now he has a show called Stick to Wrestling, and you would think his longest term friend. Let me let me start some Ric Flair esque bullshit here. Okay. Um, You would think his longest running friend in this business or around this business of fandom. Um, that would be me, would maybe be asked to be on that show, but why can't I be asked? Well, I think I think you know the answer to that, Tom. Well, of course I do, but it's just preposterous. And, you know, Jeff Bowdern and Barry Rose, I'm more friendly with Bowdern than I am with Barry, but I like Barry a lot. Never been asked to be on there. Uh, well, I think you know why you haven't been asked to be on there, Tom. I'm trying to figure it out, dude. It's like crazy. They have everybody else, and I don't know. It's almost like you're banned from those shows or something. It's almost like I'm glad you brought that up, that word, (laughs) because there's a lot of people out there. I mean, I want to get your opinion sort of, but it's not going to sway mine. Number one, Enzo Amore. Okay. Uh, The guy admittedly got a little full of himself got caught up in the moment, but he'll tell you that too. But the bottom line is numbers. When they put him on 205 Live, the realest guy in the room, how you doing? He fucking buried those Tony nieces and those fucking Pac, 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 whatever the fuck his name is, Drew Gulaks and fucking Goulash and everybody else. And the ratings on that non-existent show were actually, you know, kind of good because he has a personality. Some Rizat, as Johnny Swinger would so eloquently say on Impact Wrestling, says that he was sexually abusive of her. Boom, he's gone. It's been like three or four years, maybe more. They went to court. 
yada yada, innocent, completely innocent. They deemed the chick mentally ill and she made the fucking shit up. He's not back in the WWE. I don't think he would fit in AEW, quite frankly, because they're more of a wrestling product. But he's a great wrestling personality. Got to sit on the side. Fucking, uh, there's not that many instances. uh, Joey Ryan was getting over on the indies with the the dreaded dick. What's it called? The dick flip? Dick flip, yeah. Cornette hated that, wanted to fucking kill him, blah, 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 blah. I didn't have that problem with it. Mick Foley took the fucking bump. A lot of big stars took the bump for that thing. It was in the vein of Orange Cassie and shit that's fucking stupid. Okay, he gets uh, an allegation. Yeah. And then a week or two later, all of a sudden it's 25 allegations. Yeah, right. Basically, he goes online and apologizes for treating rats like rats. Legally... He's never been proven to have done anything that was not consensual. So he's blackballed forever. Uh, You know, I'm fighting a cause that'll never fucking work because guys like Dave Bixenspan and who I kind of like a little bit, but (laughs) he's like the cheerleader for fucking killing people that have had sex with women. But Joey Ryan should have some form of employment because he had sex with rats and that is all he did i mean nobody has him legally if you can show me a document that says he raped somebody or sexually assaulted somebody i will retract everything i'm saying but the only one that 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 sucks is my man michael elgin who is actually a friend of mine he got actual legal things that a judge or you know ruled against him but I, but I still have a, uh, you know, a side angle where I would say he has a child and the woman that was with him, his ex, the mother of his child, I don't know if they were married or not. There was a restraining order put on him once the pandemic hit, not when he was bringing home like five grand a week. But after he wasn't working that much, all of a sudden they don't get along, quote unquote. And sarcasm is definitely intended here. He's in the St. Louis area. He's from Canada, whatever. I don't know if he's still in St. Louis, but ran a school. Everybody's got these allegations. And he was fine. And then, you know, he won in court against one Rizat. And then the second thing was the woman that was with him got tired of whatever the fuck she got tired of. And they have a son named Jax. I mistakenly hit a D and some fucking victim of his allegedly said, his name's Jax, it's not Dax. And he did the same thing to me. Well, you didn't get nothing out of it, honey, because you were fucking a failure and a liar. But I don't know what happened because he did get guilty for breaking his restraining order. But, Ray, let me ask you a question. All right. And I don't know if I did this on the air before because I've always felt this way. You have a kid times seven. I have one kid. Okay. Luckily, when my ex and I broke up, I didn't have a restraining order, but I loved the shit out of my daughter. Still do, did then, will till the day I die, which is normal. If you have a restraining order against me, I'm going to fucking break it to see my kid. Plain and simple. I mean, I'm not going to attack my uh, ex and none of that, but 
I believe he broke those little parameters where you can't come within 100 yards or whatever the fuck they say. Right. And I'm being a little naive here because I only know Mike so much. I don't, and his name's not Mike. It's like Aaron or something. But that that guy is a talent. I mean, he maybe he's not a world champion talent, but he's a, he. I mean, he fit right into ECW, a big fucking powerhouse who could do like sit out fucking spinning fucking power bombs and shit like that. I'm a I'm a victim. What am I, what am I called? I'm a uh, God. You're an enabler of, of evil. Uh, yeah, I'm an enabler <laughs> of the offender or uh, and a, a criminal uh, assistant or some bullshit that they made up. But I think that Mike Elgin, Big Mike, missed his kid because he every day on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, and even in personal conversations, he would talk about his kid. If you put that guy away from his kid and there's a law, I wouldn't give a fuck. I'd break the law, too. I want to see my kid. I don't give a fuck about the cunt that made the kid if she don't want me there. And it's my words, not his saying the cunt. But if she don't want me around, God bless you, you fucking whatever you are. Go find another dude. But I got a baby that's my blood, my DNA, my heart and soul. I want to see my son. So that's my opinion. But that that, you know, I'm stepping a little bit out of, out of bounds there because that's my opinion. I don't know all the facts. But I do know Mike a little bit, and I think he's a good dude, and I think that was the situation there. But, you know, unless the world really does a 180 in the next two years, you got a 35-year-old guy there with a million-dollar talent and fucking million-dollar body who's already proved himself in Ring of Honor in Japan and was set to be the Impact World Champion. Not that that's a big thing, but, I mean, they're the steps that you take to get higher and higher. He can't work no more. Enzo, fucking the, the, the lollipop dick flip guy. There's probably like 50 other examples, you know. So we didn't have a format, but I just, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm still waiting for the question. You keep telling me you have a question. I'm waiting for the, the question part of this, uh, <laughs> this whole thing. Well, know. you may have to do some editing. Okay. Because I don't remember the question. All right. That's that's good deal then. All right. <laughs> but I felt like ranting on people that are no i get it i think i think all of those situations are completely different to some degree i mean they all involve the like the uh, obviously the opposite sex or or whatever you know i guess if it had been gay that's it's all the same but uh enzo's thing, it's not like you the said, fucking same right russell <laughs> i didn't sorry it's not the same <laughs> dad and dad it's not adam and eve it's adam and steve or whatever the fuck i think it's flip-flop the other way but, Quit wearing flip-flops. What are you, Brian Last? Actually, I do have flip-flops on right now. I typically wouldn't. Oh, but... my God. You are Brian Last. Is this Brian <laughs> Last in a Cleveland accent? I didn't know Clevelanders had accents. Interesting. I don't hear one. Hey. I don't no. hear one from you. <laughs> uh, now we're having fun. But uh, um, No, I mean, I, you know, just real quick, from my perspective, the, the Enzo thing, I think that's just more good. We had a reason finally to get rid of him kind of thing, because he rubbed like eight yeah, million people a, the wrong way. he was way. definitely acting like an asshole. Go ahead. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, with his, I don't think he's coming back because they don't want to deal with him. <laughs> like, oh, well, they finally gave us a reason. I mean, I, I, I've heard from a couple people that have dealt with him, like indie promoters and stuff, that he's like a totally fucking rad dude. He's like totally cool. He 
you know, he, he lost his mind a little bit, and he showed up with that little self thing with the, uh, where'd he show up at Madison Square Garden, maybe? Are you talking about a WWE show? Because I remember he showed up himself and did the stand on, stood yeah, on the phone. Right yeah. now, I remember. Yeah, it took a minute to remember. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes when you get fucked over and you're a little bit loose, speaking from experience, you make a, a little bad decision and go a little sideways. But he's he's got himself together now. He boxes and shit and trains and he he takes wrestling seriously. That you know, so I, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be with that pathetic company, pathetic, profitable company, the WWE. Okay. I was going to say pronouns, pal. I didn't know which, which <laughs> company you were talking about there. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it, dude. Um, now, Dick, Mr. Dick Flip, I was never a fan. I wasn't a fan of the stupid spot. I mean, I, I didn't hate it like vehemently like Jim Cornette where I wanted to murder him. But I was, I just, I was like, this is stupid. You've been, you've been in, in independent locker rooms. A billion. You've worked independent shows uh in one way shape or form or another yeah <laughs> now i'm just having fun and <laughs> and keep that in context okay so I say, right dude i got this fucking great thing that just pops this 300 people and one dude with a, a camera phone that'll put it on youtube we're gonna go viral can you grab my cock no Dude, please. I don't mean for sex reasons. You don't even have to grab it. Just grab my tights and I'll move my hips and you take a hip toss bump. Here's the thing, man. I'm not Jim Cornette. I, 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 don't, I don't mind the occasional stupid spot. They, they did a, a, I was on a show where they did a, a Royal Rumble for Halloween and everybody came out as a fucking costume. So they came out as old wrestlers. They came out as Darth Vader. They came out as whatever the fuck. And the dude that came out as Darth Vader... He was using the force or whatever the fuck the evil shit was. I can't think what it would be, but he was like fucking grabbing people by the throat, but not really. So I'm like, you know, they're clutching their throats while he's pretending to choke them from five feet away. And then he would throw them over the top rope with his hand and then they would just jump over the top rope and go out. And I would say, fucking brilliant. That's fucking hilarious. It's great shit, pal. But the okay. whole, but the dick flip thing, no, not, uh, I'm not into that one. It's just stupid. All I guess right. it's just a preference, I suppose. <laughs> I tried to uh, put it in a situation where it would be understood differently, maybe. I mean, obviously you wouldn't, but maybe when I presented it that way, the people that are listening might be like, not King Chivas, by the way. Shout out, King. Um, <laughs> he would hate that I said that. He's trying to still like me. God he wished you a happy birthday, yeah. Oh, he's a good dude. We sat, uh, there was some NXT thing that he was in for Philly that I was at. We switched our seats to sit together just to watch like Red Dragon against somebody and we just shot the shit. He fucking stepped in for, um, uh, what's that band? Uh, you want it out, but you can't Faith no more? have it. Faith No More, right? Yes. I'm glad that my voice isn't that bad while I'm Drinking beers. Just be glad they played that on ECW. Otherwise, I'd have no fucking clue who sang that song. Yeah, he 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 actually played with them. He played bass with them for I don't know how long, but quite a long time. And and the voice of that song was the band leader. And you know he got real tight with him, but unfortunately he yeah passed away in his fifties right. or whatever. But um, King's a great person, great musician, and great wrestling fan. He's just got to kind of come over. 
get out of that cult of Cornette because Cornette even likes AEW at this point at some, you know, compared to what WWE's putting out. Should we talk about wrestling now? Yeah, we can talk about wrestling. We're only an hour into the show. Okay, well, I'll try to make it <laughs> unless, friendly. Unless, for... unless you want TR Neck to come back and talk about more gaping wounds. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that was a horribly, what a horrible taste that person has. That Somebody person. say something back. Monday Night Raw. Oh, I don't know. Are you, were you part of Monday Night Raw, Tommy Rich? I was not, uh, I didn't watch. Listen, me and the old lady, I've been married for 35, 75 years. Uh, we've been down there in Henderson to Bill. Have you been loyal for 75 years? That's the question. I've been loyal. I've been royal. <laughs> I've been king of the ring. I've been there to 1981, take wood drive, baby. Um, <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't say crown royal, Tommy. I said loyal. Listen, hey, man, you got any whiskey? Yeah, hell yeah. I got some Jack. I wish I, I hey man, uh, Jack Lanza. I remember he was my agent, man. Yeah. <laughs> How'd that work? Listen, we don't need to talk about anything else, but my career, and, I'm going to give my opinion on shit right now. Right. The current product. Current that's product. All right, you, Ray Russell. As according to Tommy Rich, I can't wait. Somebody say something Big E! <laughs> Well, no, no, nobody said anything about Big E. I said Big E, as in Big E Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. earlier. But if you want to talk about Big E, Tommy, please tell me your thoughts on Big E. Big E, Big E, Big E, can't you see? Sometimes you got to stay with the tag team. <laughs> I just made that up. Well, Listen, I can tell. Uh, Tiger, seriously, man, I, I, I'm considered a... The Dave Meltzer of George or Hendersonville or wherever the fuck I'm at right now. But um, <laughs> Big E Langston, right? So sure. people talk about, you know, the NXT 2.0 with this uh, just put over the young boys that, uh, that are amateur wrestlers and amateur football players and what have you. But listen, Big E's one of those guys that didn't work the indies like me or you, Ray Russell. So that damn Paul, remember me and Paul E at Austin Idol shaved Jerry Lawler's hair. Yeah, that was more than 30 years ago, Tommy, but I do remember. That was a, that was a huge angle. Made a lot that of money. Was, that was about two years ago. I don't know what the fuck Ohio Times like. That was like two <laughs> years ago. I was under the rail. I remember I had a six-pack or 12-pack or something. They're lucky that you didn't pass out under there. Missed the entire angle. Listen, man. <laughs> I want to break it down for you. So, that damn Paul Lee had so much power, Paulie Dangerously. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know what they call him up there, but Paulie Dangerously, uh, he says, uh, you know, I, I'm on talk of smack. I got creative, you know, push and there's that and the other pull, I should say. And he says to Big E, if you go back and talk smack with Big E, he says, you know, if you put, you know, Paulie's a psychologist, you know, ECW, I got, I rode myself up there. I was in the FBI and I got paid $50 and I went home and I lost 200, you know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, he's a psychologist. So he could tell, <laughs> he could fuck anybody's brain up. So he looks, he got that hot ass little Caleb Braxton there too. But they, it's a now defunct kind of show with him. It's still on, but he ain't on that. But that was when he was all creative. 
So all this talent talked to him one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? And he got Big E, which we all thought Big E had some charisma, right? Sure. You agree with me, Ray Russell? I don't know if it's the right kind of charisma for a guy his size, but sure. Yeah, he definitely has charisma. Hey, listen, man. He says, and I got to change my voice. Well, I can't even do it, man. So I just say it in my own voice. Oh, don't you dare be sour. (laughs) That shit popped the whole fucking crowd, man. Then he lick his lips and shit, and he do his little black guy <laughs> Bruno star hips, and he do all kind of shit. And let me tell you something, man. That shit got over you. So he part of the new day, right? And new day rocks. New day rocks. So what I'm saying, Paul, he got in his fucking head, and he said on Talk of Smack, you know, Roman Reigns is a single star, and nobody here talks anything about his history with the Shield. He got it in his fucking head, which was a good idea that me and Austin Otto probably could have fine-tuned if we were on the credit team, but the motherfucker was over from, don't you dare be sour. <laughs> and now the motherfucker comes out with the belt. He five foot six. <laughs> Big E? What the fuck you talking about, Big E? Listen, he come out. Did you ever hear him recently say, don't you dare be sour? No, I don't think he does. He doesn't use that line anymore. I think there's uh... some stupid ass generic ass song <laughs> and nobody <laughs> even knows who the fuck's coming out. as your world champion on one in that row. Well, that's, that's one of their big problems with these generic themes. I didn't know that Tommy Rich thought like that with the generic themes. It's uh, really intriguing. To hear you think like that, Tommy. <laughs> it fucking pisses a motherfucker off, you know what I mean? So everybody wonder why ain't Big, o- Big E getting over. This That's motherfucker, right, don't you dare be sour, got him over. And swinging his big-ass cock hips. <laughs> Them black guys out here, because I was in the shower one time with fucking uh, Sonny King. Okay, Sonny King, what a choice, okay. Big-ass cock. <laughs> I got... I went to Marietta at Cobb County Civic Center. Got a shower, Tony Atlas. Right. Big ass cock. So I well, ain't talking about stereotypes. How, how do you explain Lanny Poffo then? Listen, that Lanny Poffo, I was in the shower that motherfucker. He about six inches like, like wildfire. But his shit got a hang to it. So <laughs> with all his gymnastics and shit, that motherfucker could blow him and me at the same time. Sounds like you... You've partaken. Listen, man, I ain't about that that weird stuff like <laughs> like the new uh, proverbs or whatever they call it. Okay. But Big E could have could have been over if he says, ah, don't you dare. Remember Kevin Owens came out? Did you see that episode? Where Kevin Owens came out and wrestled a match? Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few episodes like that, yeah. <laughs> nah, he was part of the new day with uh yeah. Uh, Right. Tim yeah. Woods yeah. and Eddie Kingston. Sure. Why not? That's a hell of a trio. He came out with those two the new day. <laughs> Tim Woods. Mr. Wrestler, Tim Woods and Eddie Kingston. And <laughs> they came out and he said, I'll be big O. And he said, Oh, don't you dare be sour. The crowd popped, man. Now they got. Uh, <laughs> Hey, it's fucking stupid. How'd you and change your voice like that, Tommy? 
the dude is five foot. I don't even hear what the fuck you said. I had to listen to the replay. But <laughs> the dude is not over. He can't work a 30-minute good match. No. He got to be carried. The motherfucker was sh- Paul Heyman's a goddamn demon. He's making <laughs> as much money as he wants right now. That's right. Motherfucker, me and Alcinato taught him everything. And I've got to get the fuck out of here because I had too much drink. And this motherfucker who thinks he's fucking tough now because he's younger than me, Tom Robbins is telling him, give me the, uh, the Benoit signal. Uh, that fucking uh, the what? Uh, that Arn Anderson does. Okay, we'll call it the Arn Anderson signal. <laughs> oh man. Oh, all right. Tr versus Tr. I think uh, Tom Robinson's gonna win this one tonight. Tom, you sound a little, little um, <laughs> inebriated. Dude, I uh, I kind of agree for the first time with a good old wildfire. But imagine that. It's uh yeah, Biggie uh just just go away. Oh, anyway, man. but uh big A big E, but not big A. I, I'm flustered right now. Big E <laughs> He he made some great points. I, I can't believe he made some uh, you know, I don't know if they were understood, but Paul E had that talking smack with Caleb Braxton and they did like a work shoot slash more shoot straight up interview about Biggie, you can be the single guy that we all know you can be, but you got to release the new day and they'll forget about that. Okay. But literally his, his music is like a, there's like a figure of a person, a visual <laughs> and it's like, blah, blah, blah. And then Big E comes out. Yeah, I never thought Tommy Rich was that astute on generic entrance music and what it means for the uh, the wrestling. I guess so. Tommy Rich is like yeah, a reporter for the Wrestling Observer. Like, there was always these hidden sources. Sure. You know, there was obviously like Bruiser Brody and Terry Funk and stuff. Terry Taylor. But apparently Tommy Rich was a contributor as well. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. He's uh, very astute on the, uh, the, the wrestling theme music genre anyway. But yeah, uh, Biggie... Uh, if he doesn't go back to being the biggie that was with the New Day, should be beaten soon by Lashley or something, and just you know go back into a tag team and whatever. But if you want the guy to grind his hips and lick his lips and you know say, "Oh, don't you dare be sour," uh, Biggie has got the power or whatever the fuck, and then say, "Big E rocks," that's the difference. A huge difference from what's going on right now. Yeah, see, I take a different stance, and I agree with you 100% as far as the genericness of his character right now. But I said the exact opposite the entire time when he was with them and when he broke away from them, that he needs to be as far away from that as he can if Vince ever wanted to people to take him seriously as a champion. Like when Kofi won the belt, I was fine with that. I was behind it, whatever. But then the motherfucker came out and started throwing pancakes. And it, I was like, that's not a fucking world champion. It's not. Like, it's not going to get over. Like, I, I remember being over, like, my dad's house or something when I was, like, a teenager or whatever. And it was when the NWO had formed. So Hogan turned heel. And my, my dad didn't watch wrestling anymore, but he thought that was funny. Like, cool funny. Like, oh, hell, let's watch that because Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now kind of thing. But he would see guys. He would go, yeah, you know, like, so you got your casual fan that that can still be into shit. You know what I mean? And I feel like 
if I had a casual fan watching Kofi Kingston come out at 100 pounds soaking wet with the caved-in bird chest, throwing pancakes to the crowd, they'd be like, what the fuck is this for, for your main eventer? I'm not shitting on Kofi. I, the story was fine. It made sense. He got over his fuck during that period. I hated what they did to him. He like, lost the belt in eight seconds or whatever. But it's like when you reach a certain tier, you got to move past the comedy, especially. I can't believe you're, of all people. You're a historian. You don't remember Nick Bockwinkle and Bobby Heenan throwing pancakes to the crowd? <laughs> it was waffles. Belgian waffles. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew it was some carb. Yeah, they're like from Hollywood and shit. They got money. Yes, they were. Anyway, uh, no more TRNAC or Tommy Rich interruptions. It'll just be me. So we were on, uh, since we were talking about Big E, that's Monday Night Raw, which is pretty terrible. The Crypt Keeper, the fucking dude who used to be like a dork in high school who turned into like a hot dude who could fuck Lita on TV, who turned into the father who just looks like Planet of the Apes. Thank God he's white that I could say that, because if I said he looked like Planet of the Apes, you know, I'd be in trouble the other way, but... I gotcha. He looks like he has uh, craters in his face like I have from zits from high school, but they weren't apparent back in the day um, when you thought you knew him, when he was like 17-time world champ or some shit. It is really fucking terrible for me to disedge because when he, Christian, partially Tommy Dreamer, and a lot of Mick Foley, did their fucking bullshit show. I thought it was hilarious. Every episode. It was like Beavis and Butthead to me. I thought they were creative fucking geniuses as far as wrestling humor. And you know I'm into wrestling humor. Right. So it hurts me to say, but Edge, uh, I don't want to see you or fucking River Phoenix or whatever your wife's name is. <laughs> so he comes out. He he makes his return after who do he feud with uh, Seth Rollins for like you know a four star match that if it was in AEW Melts would have gave five or whatever and who was his first thing Randy Orton uh, they're doing all kind of shit and great stuff so he comes out and he talks about you know everybody and he's got limited time and then I came to play plays. And there's good old Dancing with the Stars. I bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, I didn't see that coming. um, I'm not Ray Charles. I didn't see it. Sorry, that's an old Meltzer line. Ray Charles. Yeah, somewhere uh, somebody is asking who the hell Ray Charles is. I know. Which is Uh, sad, but you know what's happening. (laughs) But this uh, expensive-ass wardrobe fucking couple comes out and Maurice who will never make my list of well I can't say never never say never but uh, does not at the moment make a list of my sizzling six but you know she comes back and I have a, a little story to, to go on the side I gotta give credit fan wise to the Miz my daughter she met a few wrestlers through me, but by coincidence on like a house show in uh, Hershey or something, her and her friend 
were eating at Denny's, like, you know, however many years ago. Yeah. And Ms. and Maurice were there, and she recognized them. And she's not a, she's probably not a wrestling fan at all at this point, but she's not a big wrestling fan. But she noticed them, and, and she asked them, because they were, they were actually leaving at the same time. She wasn't a Jay Brone or a Mark, or I smarted her up how to be or whatever, but I, you know, she's smarter than me. So she, she asked uh, Ms. if she could take a photo with her and her friend Brianna. Because they were holding hands and so forth, and they were both done, and nobody was around. Ms. Or, uh, Ms. is like, sure, and... Uh, Maurice broke the chain of the holding hands and went and waited in the car. She wouldn't take a picture. I mean, it, if it was 1970, I would say great heel, Missy Hyatt or whatever. But, right. you know, she got a picture with Ms. blah, 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 blah. And she goes, oh, that Maurice just walked away. She said nothing, basically, and waited in the car for him. But back to their comeback from Dancing with the Stars, which Ms. eloquently says, I do agree with his point of view that when you work for the WWE, at least when it was like The Rock and Cena and Triple H and whoever the fuck, right. that it is a entertainment entity which can branch out and, you know, awareness is great and yada, yada, yada. So he always... Sh- sticks to that and says he's he's there and he's got his job he's not going to get fired like morrison but if you really listen to his promos like he's good for a minute but then he'll he'll fuck up a word or stutter or something kind of like i do on the podcast here um but he's not as smooth as like an mjf or even a cm punk or john cena or whoever and people pop for his promos which you know are okay but if, if I'm saying, Ray Russell, I'm going to beat you in the Omni, and I go, Ray Russell, I'm going to uh, in the Omni, right. but I say it fast, and I keep going, it's awful fucking promo. I'm not the assassin Jody Hamilton, you know, you know what I'm saying? Right. No, I get you. Well, I mean, I've never really been into the whole Miz promo thing. Uh, he's it said some things sometimes. Well, that, that one he did with the Daniel Bryan shit on the whatever That's, that was like. I'm glad you brought that up. Like, that was good, but that didn't feel so much like a promo as it did, like, being legit, kind of. You know, like, uh, that's what I'm really feeling. Maybe maybe heightened a little. I'm sure he didn't really have issues with, with Brian Danielson, but at I the same time. Did. I think they think both so? did a little bit. Okay, well, I could see both of their coming from different places, literally, like, as far as, you know, what they, what they stand for as far as the business goes. You know, The Miz uh, idolized The Rock. That's why he was The Miz in, in that, that era. And Brian Dan- Danielson... He was more of the wrestler guy, the Bret Hart, the Shawn Michaels kind of guy. He, he, God, look at what he went through. Uh, all of the stuff he did, like in developmental and, and through Ring of Honor and all that stuff before he ever made it to WWE. Miz really had to do nothing because he came from MTV. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And he uh, continues to do that stuff for them. And I see his argument that, hey, I do all this shit. And you work for a company. It's like you've said over and over. It's a global entity. They're, you know, they're, they're fucking on the stock market. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, he's working for a business, so he's doing his share. I'm sure he's like constantly, I hate, I hate that I'm defending him, by the way, because as a human being, I'm not a fan. And I'm talking about The Miz. But at the same time, it's like I can see this guy, what he does, like represents the company beyond wrestling. So I'm sure he's like constantly doing shit, constantly. 
whether it's, you know, the fucking morning shows or the weather or whatever the fuck, wherever he's got to be every single day, like this dancing shit and everything like that. So I get it from his argument. Like, dude, I do shit too. Maybe not what you do, but I do shit. So I, I thought that was a really good promo. But in general, I'm not a big fan because he just says shit to pop everybody because it sounds like a shoot sometimes right. in these promos and things. And that that's cool. And I, and, and I like the shoot word, like the comments the guys make when they do the shoot things because it's true. But at the same time, it's like, eh, it's, it, it, there's no more to it than that because he's not intimidating as a wrestler. Yeah, I, I mean, no, nobody's afraid of him. If he said he was terrified, he would, it would be a, a, a unanimous backlash um, if somebody you know, tackled him or whatever. But him and Edge went, I mean, Edge came out and you figure all the names he's dropped and I believe there's some legitimacy to some of the boys back there. The younger guys want to work with them or whatever. But, you know, it's Edge and Christian should be the Edge and Christian show. And, like, you bring them back and you do the thing with Orton or whatever. And it's just like, that's it. But it's going to continue on and we're going to see Edge and Miz promos. And it's like on the other channel, so to speak, I hate to use their terms, but it's MJF and CM Punk, and it's almost laughable, the comparison. And Edge, like, he even f- got flustered at, at, a, at a point. I don't know if it was written for him or he just did it, but he, he said something about uh, the, uh, the other channel. Like, he fucked up when he said it. Like, it was just a, it was a flub for like a second, but it was not a genuine, maybe that means he's not into it. But like you said, when when Miz did the Daniel Bryan thing, that was his best shit. When he was like, you don't respect me, and went crazy and was fucking red-faced and fucking angry, and blah, 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 blah. My understanding, uh, just I, I'm not trying to cut you off, Tom. I just wanted you to mention, you didn't know if he somebody wrote that for him or not. Is my understanding from what I read, like I think it was from Meltzer, was that uh, they basically give Edge his own creative license like as far as going out there and saying whatever i don't know if he has to run it by anybody or anything but i I guess he comes up with his own shit for the most part yeah well his partner got fired and the other channel blah 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 blah. i like the intention if wwe had anything that was remotely resembling a pro wrestling promotion but you just bring out good old edge who runs from side to side and begs for approval which uh you know, really puts him down lower. I have a high regard for him and everything he does puts him down lower. I don't, and his face just looks so dumb. His big old (laughs) beard and his fucking goofy fucking cheekbones. I'm saying what Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez won't say. This is why you got to tune into here. uh, TR shocks the world because his face looks stupid to Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, PW Insider and all those motherfuckers, Sean Ross Sap, Bob Sap, uh, all those motherfuckers. It's just not PC to say that, so everybody just keeps their opinions to themselves. It's what you're saying. Adam Copeland, Edge face looks fucking stupid. <laughs> His fucking big old beard, like he was a skinny, tall dude. He just looks fucking stupid. But, I mean, he's funny as fuck. He should have stayed with the Viking or whatever and not the Viking Raiders because God knows they've been wasted. But that Eric and his fucking Sarah Logan just fucking go out like fucking polar bears and swim after elk. 
I would fucking live with them too if the apocalypse happened. But <laughs> anyway, we we got to the Edge thing, and I, I don't want to see Edge, Miz, uh, River Phoenix outside of the fucking uh, Viper Club or Viper Room. <laughs> Viper um, Room. <laughs> Randy Orton. I hear voices in my head. River Phoenix is lying dead. They talk to me. Oh wow, you're you're quicker than Tiarnak with these lines. Uh, I don't know about that, but I don't know where that came from. Out of nowhere. Anyway, <laughs> who are we talking about again? Uh, uh, edges, edges, face, edges, face, and edges, uh, face, Miz, is and how shitty the cool. fucking thing was. Miz yeah. should just take his gazillion dollars and his fucking French Canadian fucking wife. I hope I don't watch Ms. and Mrs. My ex did. I hope they had C-sections because you're going to go into a sea of fucking wide vagina. <laughs> and she, why not? She, why not finish she, the word at that point? <laughs> She can fucking struggle through English on her promos and all that and have the uh, visual of a very attractive woman. But, you know, when the clothes come off and the sweaty body of an all day fucking sitting in catering and fucking hiding in the corner. And then uh, who the fuck calls you now? Mark. Uh, He's gone. What's man. that guy's name? He sent everybody shit in garbage bags, right? Didn't they fire his ass? Carano? Carano. Yeah. <laughs> he fired his ass, man. <laughs> that's, that's the name I was searching for, which is kudos to you. Yeah, he's, but, he's, I hope they send him his shit in his garbage bag. Maurice Cheeks, or whatever the fuck her name is. Willette. Say again? Maurice Willett, like Carl Willett, Pierre, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Yeah. He's, he's my age, still fucking showing up in Philly. Oh, my ROH shows. Let's bring up ROH and let's, uh, if you had anything written down, <laughs> we'll bring up ROH. Uh, no, I mean, you were just, you just started on Raw. Now you can, you can pivot to wherever you want to go. Uh, well, <laughs> clearly, I don't know where you were going with the Edge and Miz promo. Did you, I, I tell you, you didn't terrible. like it. Okay, I don't, don't want to see them. I don't okay. want to see fucking River Who the fuck Phoenix. wants to see any big-time name work the Miz? I mean, who wants to see that? Because if they win, then, okay, Old Man Edge beat Miz. If Miz wins, then what the fuck does that do for anybody? So either way, it's a lose-lose. It's a lose-lose. Best quote of this fucking show <laughs> about them. That That is the most intellectual best. You should put... Ray Russell on Ms. Edge on YouTube, our first fucking money-making venture, <laughs> and just put It's a Lose-Lose on a fucking loop for like seven minutes or whatever, how long you have to have it on YouTube. Every sentence you say about lose. it, I'll just, yeah, I'll just edit it in It's a Lose-Lose after every sentence yes. you say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'll work. So anyway, Bobby Lashley videos, whatever. If Bobby Lashley, which he hasn't, and they've had a enough time to do unless the Saudi prince like requests it should work Brock Lesnar because that's the obvious tough guy matchup but okay we're neither not never going to do that what else is there Charlotte Becky Charlotte Becky from Survivor Series I marked out 
for that matchup because I knew that they were real friends from, you know, what I mentioned before, my yeah. time with their one of their fathers. And I knew of their falling out, so to speak. And, you know, one got put over and one, you know, was Charlotte, in my opinion, is besides her taste in men, is the greatest female star ever. I mean, she has everything. And, you know, Becky is like Roddy Piper to me. If we're comparing her to Ric Flair, her father, uh, Becky is Roddy Piper with uh, uh, You Little Weirdo to Ronda Rousey and um, whatever the fuck she does. She's great. Sasha is Ricky Steamboat because she can work probably better than both of them. But she doesn't. Sasha can't talk. I honestly love three ways. I love four ways. That's all you need to say. I mean. Sasha is sexy as fuck. And did you did you happen to see SmackDown tonight? Uh, no, just uh, the first 30 minutes, maybe? She worked Shayna, ba- yes. Shayna Baszler in the beginning. Right. Shayna hit her with some kind of shooter move. And she did this uh, selling deal where her legs were under herself and she bent fully backwards, crotch open. But she was laying flat on her back, knees under her buttocks, uh, feet under her buttocks. I'm trying to paint the actual picture. (laughs) And vagina just there. Could you imagine being that little fucking flippy independent douchebag who makes her gear that married her? Who can just hit that anytime he wants? (sighs) Well, I mean, I'm envious. I'll say that. I am too, <laughs> but I can't believe the position. And she stayed in it. Like she knows that cause she was a little dork wrestling at Let's call a spade a spade. Sasha Banks, you were a fucking dork. You were a fucking, uh, your cousin was a star and you move from Boston to Minnesota or vice versa back and forth. And you watch fucking frog splash and you didn't know nothing about him. That he's quite her angle. He's fighting Kurt Angle backstage, and he's fucking, you know, taking fucking so many steroids, and his big-ass body up up top was so fucking huge, but he never worked fucking legs, apparently. He looked like a pelican, as the boys used to say. God bless Eddie Guerrero. I'm sorry. But, you know, Sasha was uh, a little misled with her her love. Well, I mean, I don't know that she watched wrestling wrestling. You know, she, that's all she ever references is Eddie Guerrero and the Frog Splash. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> anything else from that era? She Sasha? was on she, well, she was on a, a Ariel Hawani show, right? You know Ariel, right? Ariel? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm familiar. So Ariel Hawani had Becky Lynch on, and he got some fucking really good, you know, copy, as we call in the business. Um, he had, uh, somebody else in that weekend, not a female Paul Heyman. He actually had, and, uh, it's a, I would say it's a must see interview because it was first time that Paul actually kind of opened up and Helwani said something and he goes, I respectfully disagree with you, you know, and they went back and forth, but there, it was no heat, but. It was a uh, a little journey into Paul's mindset and his uh, bullshit, quite frankly, because 
you know, he was not in character. Right. But his real life is a character. You know what I mean? It's just oh, yeah. to make himself rich. And he, but anyway, let, don't let me stray from the point of the third interview he had was with Sasha Banks. And he had an awkward moment where he said, he said something about Eddie Guerrero and she's, oh, blah, 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 blah. And he says, uh, have you ever met Vicky and talked to her about it? And, you know, said how much she means or he means to you. And she goes, are you not a fan? And, and there was like the pause that we just had here. And he goes, no, uh, I, I mean, I know. Uh, sh- let me rephrase it. Let me. I said the wrong word. Have you ever talked to Vicky about how much? She's like, of course I have. And that was like the, the few words that got out of her, like sane wise. Like she's a terrible talker. She's completely, and I'm a Sasha Banks huge fan. But she, if you watch Charlotte and Becky talk and then watch her talk, it's like, now we know why you're number three, Sasha. You're hot. You can work your ass off. You are Ricky Steamboat because you cannot talk. Yeah, no, she's not very good at the uh, the promo, but uh, that's not necessarily what I'm paying attention to in those segments. So She's got a great fucking bottom half. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about NXT next if, after a break? Yeah, you need to take a break. Hit one. One second. I'm Larry Zavisco. I won't be through till I get done slapping around Scott in the suit. Gonna beat the ugly bartender into a bundle and laugh all the way doing Ripple Rock Rumble. Ow! Ow! Larry Zabisco. Got to have a little area in our life. I'm Kurt Henning and Big Scott, Scott Hall. Hall. Yeah, there you go. Let's tag team chance full the them all. So bring all the wrong long riders. Tell me. Better ones. Yeah. Scott and Bill. Little did anybody know that one of those dead Irwins was an executioner. First of all, Bill Irwin's not dead. Was the executioner, was he? No, you said one of those dead Irwins, implying that they're both dead. And I'm just telling you. Not implying that the that the the goon goon. is dead. (laughs) The goon. Blue Lagoon with (laughs) Brooke Shields and what's that kid's name that never made it? That was a future star. That's why you don't know his name. The kid that never made it was a future star. Yeah. Okay. Everybody was talking about Brooke Shields. Anyway. Well, you want to talk about guys that never make it that are supposed to be future stars? You should pivot to uh, NXT, maybe. I think you might be hinting that you don't feel the same way about Eli Drake, dummy, yeah, dummy, yeah, yeah, as I do. No, and I don't. I, I don't have faith in Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. That's what. <laughs> that's what I'm hinting at. I, I don't have faith in them doing anything that that's right. At this point. Yeah, but I mean, I'll break character and be serious, friend to friend, and wrestling like knowledgeable wrestling person. Sure. To wrestling person. Yeah. Sadly, that's why it bothers me so bad. If he doesn't get his due here in that WWE situation, 
AEW, he wouldn't get over. And no. I mean, he could go to Impact, but he's already been there. So nobody wants to go to Impact. I mean, if you have a choice. Right. So, I mean, I think, do you have his interview that he, that, that they, well, I should say not him, but they did, but it's mostly him about the War Games show coming up. Yeah, let me pull it up here, because I know I saw that on YouTube. The the promo you're referring to, it's Gargano and, and L.A. Knights and a few other guys or something. They're cutting that promo going into War Games coming up here. Uh, yep, here it is. I got it. Uh, we can play the audio, and, and we'll let and, you talk. And, Ray, if you didn't see it already, he does his shtick, like his 90s, 2000, like, rockish stuff. Sure. But there's a part that he does the new wave shoot part okay so yeah this is my first time hearing it as well so i'm I'm a little intrigued since you're putting it over we're gonna listen to it looks like the promo runs about two minutes 45 seconds guys so we'll be back on the other side of this interview here courtesy of the wwe and youtube sorry guys it'd be nice to have the advantage but i guess we've been at a disadvantage since day one here so what else is new right I don't care if they've got the advantage. I've been in war games before. I know what it's about. They don't have a clue. I don't know, man. Guys, I'm just not sure at this point. Word on the streets is maybe we bit off more than we could chew. I mean, look at them. They're big. They're strong. I mean, what can we do, right? Wrong. 2.0, let me talk to you. Tonight, you got the advantage. Huh? I said tonight! You got the advantage. Yeah, and I want you to live that. I want you to absorb that. Let that sink in because that advantage very quickly, that illusion will get shattered on Sunday as these three men standing next to me understand that when we are put to pressure, when we are told no, when doors are shut in our face, when we're told we don't want you here anymore, you've got to understand that that is when we excel because right now I am standing next to excellence. You're talking about the Bruiserweight, former NXT UK champion. You're talking about the first Johnny Wrestling. Here he is, Johnny Wrestling, the first NXT Triple Crown champion. You were talking about the current reigning two-time, two-time NXT champion. And you got to understand, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means dues paid in full time and again. And people would say, well, maybe that doesn't matter so much, right? It matters to me. It matters to them. And what that means is on Sunday, man, you ain't got to like us. You don't even have to respect us. Because once the cage comes down, once the rings are in place, these four men step in the ring. Brother, you got to understand each and every one of you will get the respect stomped out of each and every one of your asses. That's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Yeah. 2.0, you want to know how you done messed up? When you look across that ring. And you see DIY. Who? DIY. Huh? Together. Unified. Representing the black and gold. Because we got a little thing we like to say in the black and gold brand. We. We. Are. NXT. And this Sunday. Y'all boys better prepare for some war. Game on. All right, and there it was. And yeah, man, uh, good stuff uh, from LA Knight anyway. <laughs> he took the fucking lead to those three fucking ham and eggers that have been oh, there for showed... 20 years. 
He and, showed them up. I mean, as far as promo goes, you know what's sad is I'm listening to it when I'm listening to LA Knight though, is that it's like yeah, that's a good promo, but that's hard to come by these days. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm spoiled from decades of video footage and and watching pretty much anybody we want to watch. Right now, now we have access to anything pretty much, and yeah, seeing so many guys yeah. for so many yeah, dummy yeah. Uh, but seeing so many guys that can cut promos and get those people in the buildings and stuff like that, now that's that's not a dime a dozen anymore. It was hardly a dime a dozen then. I mean, there was only so many guys that could really, really cut a promo, but that was just really, really good promo from Elliot Knight, and I don't really know what else to say about it. It's that's a that's a good compliment nowadays. Well, he's been like I said, he did the job for a lot of people, clean job. He explained on uh, maybe I am Jericho or something one of those fucking shows that when he was in WWE before, before he went to TNA and all that other shit, you know, he, he had a uh, tendency to show up late that he was with Bill DeMott, the famous Bill DeMott. I actually have no problem with Bill DeMott because I was on fucking indie shows when he was crashed a Terminator. So I don't know the person that the, these people think he is but i always thought he was a nice guy but whatever but he he went in his first deep south and all that other shit he went through and said where's the heat where's the heat and then he got fired or released or whatever you call it so he's there again and he's already established himself in other territories and he just you know came out there and fucking he had tomaso johnny gargano and pete dunn who are definitely staples of that promotion. And he took the lead of that main event of that, the equivalent to a pay-per-view, but he did his shtick with, you know, you got DIY, you got blah, 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 blah. But then he goes, you don't care about where we've been, what we did. We're too old. Blah, blah, blah. It matters to me. And that was like a little bit of a break character. Fuck these writers. In my opinion, I, I don't know, but I think he's trying, he's struggling to get something out there. And I think the the best finish, uh, they're pushing Braun Breaker, but, you know, I would, I would put LA Knight over. Yeah, you can tell that it's going the way of Breaker eventually at some point. Uh, I know you've always been a big supporter of LA Knight, so we knew that before he, I think before he was LA Knight, or at least before he had debuted. But, Dude, I mean, I, I mean, Steiner is going to be a star, but they don't call him Steiner. But they, well, of course not, every, pal. Every week, they do something. Like tonight, they played a siren, or the other night. Like, what the fuck? Like, isn't Scott Steiner like banned from everything? Everywhere? Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't much. kill anybody or something, or yeah, because yeah, he makes threats to, about wanting to murder people and, and stuff. That'll get you banned. It probably would have got you banned 20 years ago, but it'll certainly get you banned now. I would say I'm terrified of Scott Steiner, but then Hannibal would call me a pussy. <laughs> terrified? Jesus. There's that word again. <laughs> you, just get, you, you don't know it. If, I mean, unless you can get a video that I don't know of, you just got to spit take there, Ray Russell. Okay. Very good. But let's talk about NXT real quick. Um <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah, we are. We just promoted that LA Knight part. 
They're working against Scott Steiner. Um, one of my weirdo. Yeah, him. Um, it's it's fucking one of the Steiner kids. I don't give a fuck. He's a Steiner. Um, He's a Rex Steiner. Yeah, yeah, that too. Did I ever send? I sent the tape to Brian last. Uh, Hurricane Gloria was going on in 1985. I taped it on ESPN. Maybe even before the 85. It was probably 85, though. 86. I don't know. It was the Road Warriors in the Showboat Casino in Atlantic City mm-hmm. with Dennis Carluzzo in the crowd versus Jeff Gripley and Rob Recksteiner, one of his first matches ever. Oh, wow. And they uh, And Brian Last has the fucking tape, but I sent him two fucking tapes because I, I there was another one I found that had Tommy Rich right, you know, because I used to do Tommy Rich. I mean, yeah. You and whatever. Jim Barnett, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dummy. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think Brian opened the tapes and fucking looked at the wrong one. I was only fucking sending him that. I was trying to get him to convert it. Uh, long story. But. It was Rex Steiner and uh, Jeff Gripley, a noted jobber from the Northeast, yeah, against the Road Warriors, uh, with Paul Ellering at the showboat or whatever the fuck, and they they purposely kind of took care of Rick Steiner, you know they kind of did the, they didn't do their power spots with him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to uh, L.A. Knight and then they're going against the Steiner kid. Braun Breaker. So when Tony are you getting your Dian, tapes back? I doubt I'll ever get it, and I doubt he ever looked at the second one because he thought, never mind. Okay. I got to go over there to fucking Long Island or wherever the fuck his mansion is. I think it's Jersey. Uh, I wish he would just either send me back the tape or use it because the purpose was for sound bites. Larry Nelson's on that a lot. But well, yeah, anyhow, I'm sure you got a lot of sound bites then. Yeah, so um, it's Steiner, Tony D'Angelo, who is one of my new favorites. He's a basically a Tony Soprano fake mobster. Yeah. And, dude, where I live, it's called Delco. If you fucking Google Delco, anybody that listens, it's we're southeastern Pennsylvania, blah, 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 blah. We're a southeastern of... Philly, rather. And we, at one point, were the gambling, without people knowing, capital of the world besides Las Vegas. Because there was a lot of, like, the Tim Donahue NBA scandal and all that other shit. Like, there's a lot of shit that goes on in Delco. What stays in Delco, or, you know what I mean? But I just took a sip of my beer. Am I exposing something I shouldn't? (laughs) I hope not. I can't see. <laughs> All right. So Tony D'Angelo is a character that are truthfully based on Sopranos and Goodfellas and all that shit. And we got them here. I was at a gym one time um, and somebody, I can't, I want to mention the name of the facility that they own, but yeah, I can't. But this guy my age came in at you know at a big time hardcore 500 pound bencher type gym and he was wearing a fucking track suit 
And he came in and people said, hello, blah, 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 blah. He was a member. All he did was do push-ups. Three sets of ten left. Tony D'Angelo reminds me of that. He wears the tracksuit to the ring. When he takes it off, he had, and nobody that was a fucking monster, like, ever cared about the kid that came in with the tracksuit because he was connected or whatever. Um, Tony D'Angelo wears the tracksuit. He knows, like, every fucking nuance. That, I mean, I don't think Shawn Michaels, uh, who else is there? Bruce Pritchard, Vince, John Laurinaitis. Steve Carino, I love him. He's a Trips. good guy. When it's, when it it's hearts working. Trips, when his heart's working properly anyway. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't think they know the deal, so I think he might have put some influence on his own character. And he, he comes with a tracksuit, and then he takes it off, and he's got a wife beater, and he's fucking huge. You know, he's an amateur wrestler, uh, and he just fucking, you know, he tells people... Uh, he sent a dead fish to fucking Dexter Loomis. <laughs> dead <You know>? fish. <laughs> that's fucking. Oh, that's that, that's great shit. I, it made me go back in time to many, 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 many years ago on Mid Atlantic. Enforcer Luciano. <laughs> there was a dead fish. See, I don't even remember that. Tell me. It's there. There was a guy. He he was a worker. He was probably like the shittiest worker of that period in time. As far he was like nails as far as his offense went. You know, he he couldn't mm-hmm. work. And uh, he wore an eye patch. I think I think he he legitimately had like a you know a, a missing eye, like you know glass eye or something like that. But and he did this mobster gimmick. He was enforcer Luciano. He was terrible, by the way. And uh, I can't remember if they just sent the fish out in the newspaper or if he had the fish <laughs> out there or whatever. But Bob Cottle, being Southern, God bless. I love Bob Cottle. Mm-hmm. Had no fucking clue what the fuck it meant. <laughs> They're like on TV. Nobody ever explained it to Bob. Bob's like. The hell is this? You know, he didn't. Obviously, Bob didn't say that, but it was basically like he couldn't. Like, typically, the the announcer would explain what what's going on, and Bob had no fucking idea. This is a real. I can't even remember who he was feuding with or whatever he was going to do. He wasn't even there that long. The guy was terrible. We're out of time. We're out of time. I'm already. I'm doing my Bob call. I got my fucking hand up at the camera right now and everything. No, but I mean, I get it, man. Like that. I love the. The Tony D'Angelo deal, and uh, it's the Steiner. It's Tony D'Angelo. It's uh, fuck. I'd be lying if I'd said I knew Bruce it. Wayne and Dick Grayson, something like that. Yes, those two. Yeah, against the other ones that we, that we just played the video of. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I remember uh, Gargano's contract supposedly expired this week, and he signed a one week extension just to work through War Games. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him beyond that. I think he's done pretty much everything he's going to do with that company. So if he sticks around at this point, I'm assuming it's just for the money. You know, I, uh, I love Jim Cornette as a person. I've seen some shit from Johnny Gargano that I really loved. I don't really appreciate like a 170 pound dude being the top guy, but I don't think he's Johnny same face. I'm not making a big statement or nothing or uh, argument, but there's a place for him somewhere. I'll put it that way. Um, So that's the War Games uh, main event, I believe. There's a chick, and I say chick, 
and I won't change what I said. Donovan? Games. Chick Donovan. <laughs> um, Billy Ciccolini is my friend Ciangolini, whose brothers. Oh, God, you might have to exit that one. Okay. Um, if, Noted. If you, if you Google that one. Anyway, um, never mind. Uh, there's a chick thing with uh, toxic attraction, and there now has uh, what's what's that called when they have a tick? Ray Russell, help me. That's called a Gene uh, Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yes. That's what but, I call it. But the proper term when you have something uh, psychologically, <laughs> physically, a tick. Uh, God damn it. We're going to waste time here. I don't know uh, what, what other word you're looking for. Something wrong with you where your head would fly right. right. Michael, Michael J. Fox disease? I don't know. No, that's. Well, <laughs> he. He's got a fuck. <laughs> you're you're gonna have a lot of work to do on this show. Oh no! <laughs> Let's call it a tick. No, uh, it's easy. It's fucking. There's a tur. Oh. If you have like, if you walk into a room and your right arm just keeps going up. <laughs> oh, I, I. I'm not talking I, about bushwhacker. <laughs> I'm talking about. A tick. Uh, it's it's an easy word. It's right on the tip of my tongue. You're having a stroke, man. I don't know what you're doing. No! <laughs> it's like that, though. <laughs> it's like that? Okay. Uh, and you have the power to erase whatever you want, so That's we'll right. work on this right now. Um, okay. Tourette's! <laughs> oh, yeah, Tourette's. There you go. All right. <laughs> So you're saying, so you're saying it's Tourette's is what you're saying. Yeah. So we can, if you can just release this right now and wherever I came in, I'll say, so we got, uh, toxic attraction, not shun attraction, excuse me, Mandy Rose, who's allegedly the hottest fucking uh, unisexual because nobody can figure her out. She stayed with uh, Sonya Deville forever. She's hot as fuck. Change her hair has got even hotter. She squats like 700 pounds. Nobody's been connected to her uh, romantically as a dude. Nobody's been romantically connected to her as a chick. I don't know what the deal is, but she's the leader of toxic attraction with new hair. She's hot. Uh, I love uh, uh, the other one, not JC Jane. I mean, not that you're a bad JC, but I love the Priscilla Kelly with the pull and the tampon out of the pussy and the indie show where everybody got mad. Now (laughs) you're a star. And uh, they got the one with the, uh, the tick, whatever it's called. What's it called? Tourette's. Tourette's, yes. Gene Anderson? The, uh, the Kieran Knox. Kieran, uh, uh, who, who's the one the, from Australia? The, the Tegan, Tegan Knox. She's gone, right? All right, then it's Kieran. Now, I forgot her fucking name. 
whatever, she'll probably never be big against Raquel Gonzalez and uh, whoever the baby faces chicks are. Uh, do you know? You're talking about war games still, right? You're not like throwing me off here with some other shit, right? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, well, I'm looking it up right now because I have I, I'd have no idea otherwise. So it's uh, yeah, it's Toxic Attraction, uh, Mandy Rose and Against. Company. Gigi Dolan in there, by the way, Toxic Attraction. That was the other oh, name you're looking for. I love Priscilla Kelly. And then, uh, yeah, so Raquel Gonzalez, uh, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, I'm not familiar with her, and Kaylee, like Kaylee Ray. Yeah, that's like the, that's the girl I'm trying to do the new page with, but quite frankly, Paige is sexy in a weird fucking way. Well, I don't know how weird the way is. I mean, there is that video out there, kind of. Well, I mean, she's, she's, that was like in her early days, she's been like two years sober and she's even more sexy. Like she was even sexy when her and fucking Alberto Del Rio were beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> I could jerk off to that fucking airport footage, but I'm just being honest. And you won't hear this on fucking breaking kayfabe with Bowdrin and Barry Rose or stick to wrestling with John McAdam or fucking... Well, you could have heard it on 605 Super Podcast. The We can't do that here. Not, yeah. <laughs> we can maybe if you talk to me after the fact, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> but anyway. The uh, mothership! There, done. There you go. But, uh, yeah. There's something missing there. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, we got that, and we got, uh, what else do we got on that War Games? Imperium. And. I don't want to hear nothing about that. Kyle O'Reilly, Von Wagner. Von Wagner, that's a, that's a fucking Beverly Brothers kid, man. Right? Yeah, I know. Uh, the goddamn, uh, the Minnesota guys, uh. Bloom. Wayne Bloom. Yes, Wayne and, the Train. And Mike. Enos. Who? Mike Penis. Yeah, Mike mean Mike Penis. No, Wayne Bloom, it's Wayne Bloom's kid, right? Yes, yeah, it's Bloom's. Now, Ray, I know you're behind about a month or whatever of watching everything. Um, and it's not to the to the listeners, it's not anything. It's just that he's busy as fuck and his dog passed away and things of that nature. There's some real reasons. But Wayne Bloom's kid is like bigger and muscular and stuff like that more than Wayne Bloom is, but he has this fucking pointed fucking eyebrow fucking gimmick <laughs> that looks like he was doing HGH since he was seven. <laughs> he may have, you know, Enos and Bloom started off as weightlifters. So, I mean, it, it's very, very possible. Those guys were, were uh, throwing up some weights pretty, uh, Pretty big weights back in the eighties before they got Vern got a hold of them and shit. Dude, they they started with Vern. They fucking did that finish where they drop everybody. I think you you even put some videos out, right? They drop people on their head. Oh and yeah. They get hired for WWE and they drop people on their head. Yeah, that's right. And then I think they get hired by WCW and drop people on their head. Mike Enos, yeah, I know. Enos I think did. Bloom. I think Bloom was smart though. He was out for a while collecting that Lloyd's of London shit, so he had to sell the fake back injury. Well, allegedly uh, had a back injury for several years there. Enos went over to WCW, yeah, 
I think Bloom eventually did join them like later on when Bischoff just started hiring everybody that was ever anything. And those guys being Minnesota boys, uh, they probably easily got contracts from Bischoff. Yeah, sure. I mean, and why wouldn't they? But besides <laughs> killing the job guys. Oh, those but, guys. Uh, so we got those guys doing that, uh, you know, the NXT thing. and Wargame. Yeah, of all the guys that have come down the pike wrestling wise, like I never thought Wayne Bloom's son would be a you know, second generation star of Poe Beverly. Yeah, it's like uh you know Virgil Jr. Billy Robinson Jr. or fucking <laughs> some shit like that. And uh, you got um remember the Beverly brothers? Well, I got this huge kid who's got a big fucking HGH forehead. Anyway, <laughs> Fuck you, you little kid. You're 27. I'll fight you. Or 25. I'll fucking still beat your big head up. Oh, man. What do you, what do you got against Von Wagner, man? Damn, what did he do to you? I'm mad because they got a shot night in because I didn't have a big forehead. <laughs> God damn it. I'm like Hannibal, but I'm not tough like him. I'm 52. Did I mention that? 50, I think once or twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dummy. But anyway, <laughs> so besides that, NXT got rid of Hit Row. I mean, no, they didn't. They moved them up and they all got cut. So whatever. So then we got what did you just say? Looks like Roderick Strong and Joe Gacy. All right. So Roderick Strong is with uh, Montel Jordan or uh, Montel. What, who's the manager? Montel Williams? Montel Williams, who used to fuck uh, Kamala Harris, had a great reality show. What the fuck is that guy's name? Oh, my He's God. doing that diamond mine thing, right? That's what we're that's yes, what doing. Yes, it's right. the manager. And I appreciate that there's still a manager. So, I, Well, wait a, till Vince finds out there's a manager. That'll be, that'll be that. He won't remember. Um, <laughs> What's that, pal? God damn it. Sorry if the that guy's listening. Yeah, sorry, guy. Uh, but, I mean, he, he might be good. I mean, we, we don't know because you don't know what he could say or not say or whatever, but he has the diamond mine. Roderick Strong's there. And then they have the uh, the two brothers, the Hurt Brothers or something, and they have this Asian guy who just Never gets put over, never gets nothing. It's like, I don't know what the Asian guy's doing. I don't know if he sneaks backstage and puts a gimmick on. I don't know what the Asian guy, what his purpose is. Oh, I, 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 I can already figure out his purpose. Vince is, what? Vince is looking at that gimmick. We're looking at that stable, and he's like, there's something missing, pal. We need an Oriental in there. <laughs> Oriental. That's awesome. That's, that's um, exactly what he's saying. We need a Mr. Fuji to throw salt. And then Bruce Pritchard say, that's a good idea, boss. Yeah, uh, Bruce is like, I uh, I don't have to go to, back to Conrad. I got six figures. But yeah, I mean. I hope he's the, saving those. I hope he's saving those fucking checks. I got to yeah, tell you that much. You got to save money in this business, any business. But so this uh, diamond mine. Sounds like a a fucking casino game that I would play, even though I know it's set up. 
diamond mine, you fucking hit the bonus and you win fucking three hundred hours or something. Yeah, that was but, the name of uh, DDP's uh, short-lived talk show in WCW, the Diamond Mine. Was it really? Yeah, I think I think they even called the stable with with him and Diamond Stud, the Diamond Mine. You know, if we got put on the map internationally and we made a lot of money, if we had DDP as a guest, I would say no. You would say With no. All, yeah. That fucking dude, as cool as he could be, like at a bar or like helping you like get your arm joint out of your shoulder. Okay. He fucking talks more than me when I'm drinking. When he's sober. You can't stop that motherfucker. Okay, yeah. Chill, man. That spring stampede, that's Macho Man rolled over when he dropped the elbow and said, we go to finish here. Take it home, brother. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. But why are we busting on DDP? Well, um, they, sh- they should have got along. They both they both wrote out matches, right? Or maybe they can, maybe that's why they conflicted a little bit there. I'm sure yes. DDP came up to Macho and was like, hey, man, here's the script. Here's the match. I don't think so. Not today. We're not doing it. No way. Never. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. There was the old DDP story when he was like a manager and shit. Uh, him and Bam Bam Bigelow went to bar A on their motorcycles. And Bubba, a.k.a. Mongo, Bubba Ray Dully was the uh, bouncer. And they pulled up on their motorcycles and they parked where they shouldn't. but. Bubba was a wrestling mark, so he let them do it. And then they went in there and, like, just tried to, which, you know, those two dudes are tough dudes. Don't don't let me disrespect oh, yeah. that. Right. But but they tried to own the bar, and uh, Bubba ended up being crossed between his bouncer gimmick and his Mark gimmick. Marking out for like yeah, yeah. the shit because he was already an indie wrestler or whatever. But and then DDP's like, and 20 years later, we're all I can't. Why did I do a Taz impression or somebody else? Uh-huh. But 20 years later, uh, we're uh, d- at that invasion angle. Yeah. How's this show so far, Ray? It's a show. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's get off NXT. I don't even know if there's another match there. I don't even, I don't know. You were telling me a story about DDP. It sounded like there was more to it, but maybe not. Nah, there's nothing. <laughs> there's, there's nothing there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I heard Bubba's single now. Oh boy, you just fucking stir up the pot. Now listen, if Ray Russell is correct and the Twitter posts are correct. One, Mark LaMonica and Jamie, whatever the fuck her last name is. Does it really matter? They're done. That's what uh, I'm led to believe is according to their social media accounts. This girl, Jamie, trained with Jason Knight. I think we've been here before on this show, but I don't mind retracking it because this is one of the most beautiful women who's ever existed. It's like kind of a Pam Anderson Baywatch kind of, if I could only have like one date with one chick, like as a 52 year old, uh, ancient fuck face, 
thought, <laughs> I thought Edge was the fuck face. Edge is the ugly fucking weird face. Okay. Anyway, Velvet Sky, she's on this podcast with like seven black guys. Um, and I'm I'm just going there. I'm just shooting. She might be um, on a lot more things now that she's separated. Well, I don't know. Seven black guys. I don't know if this played a part in it because she's on this just talk shit podcast, right? And there's these black guys going, oh, and they're playing like, you know, Friday, like, oh, damn, and shit like that. And they're doing some urban humor. And like, she's like, they're like, yeah, that's the D. And like, for something that meant Drexel or something. And she's like, oh, I love D. Like, talking <laughs> inferences or whatever. And, uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with when they were together or when they were apart or whatever, but this is one of the most beautiful women in the world. If she could just realize it, she went out with uh, Chris Saban. She went out with Hurricane Shane Helms. She trained with Jason Knight and the Samoans different times. I don't know who she dated then. Uh, <laughs> if. I would respect that. I would fuck Alpha. <laughs> Alpha looks like the old uh, head. The, the, the head triggers came out with that little shrunken head. That's what Alpha looks like now. Come on, man, because <laughs> Alpha, I don't want to get off Velvet Sky, but get me okay. back to Alpha. Okay. Um, so she went out with those guys, and then she went out with Bully Ray or whatever, and they had this house, and I see like Instagram videos of bears, literally bears, not bear Bryant, not, you know, bear, bear country? Like, a, like a bear country, not like bear, like gay guys that have hair on their chest, like literal bears, like black bears and fucking shit like that. Like in the backyard of wherever the fuck he lived or she lived or they lived. And she's like, like acting like it's a uh, goddamn pigeon and like opening the sliding door and fucking throwing something out there. And I'm like, that thing could kill your whole fucking family. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be a little down, uh, a little negative besides the hottest woman that I wanted to F in my life. Anyway, they're, they're separated. Apparently they both made a public statement. But she's on this fucking podcast with these black guys talking about I. there's a lot of D and all this shit. So, Velvet Sky, I mean, I know you're part of the wrestling business. You were a beautiful person. The beautiful people. Bully Ray is kind of like not liked anywhere. Like literally. Not even by Devon anymore, pretty much. No. Um, the WWE doesn't. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, and I respect him and everything, but I almost got in a fight with him at a bar. Did I ever tell you that? Imagine that. Did I ever tell you tell this audience that? No. I don't think that story's ever been told here. Well, he was with TNA with his fucking stupid... Uh, uh, Ace and an eights? Aces and eights? Was it... <laughs> <laughs> that shit it, it was probably that at that time point. Um, Keith Mitchell's in there, the producer, and 
Hector Guerrero worked there. Um, oh, the gobbledygooker. Hell yeah. Hector Guerrero was great. I, she was in the back of the bar with no makeup, just nothing to do with him. It, had, it was way before their relationship. I ended up drinking with Frankie Kazarian, uh, James Storm, and Tracy Brooks came over once in a while, but she gave her boyfriend freedom and stuff. Got a lot of pictures. You can verify it on my uh, one Facebook account. But So I go up to uh, Bubba, who I met before, and stuff with Taz and yada, yada. I just came from a wedding. I was in a suit and about 280. Uh, but I look less intimidating when I have hair. So I had hair at that point. I say, hey, Bubba, respect your work, man. Uh, can I buy you a shot? He turns around, looks me like he's fucking wanting to fight City Hall. No. I go, yo, bro, calm down. I just want to buy you a shot because I respect your work. We have mutual friends in the business, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Gertner is my friend, Ryan Marr, who's always in fucking pictures with you at fucking Bar A. And there was a third one, and I can't remember right now. <laughs> I was just telling her, like, Ray Russell, I'm friends with Tom Robbins. And you'd be like, all right, he's okay if he's mentioned that name. You know, and he goes, what don't you understand? And I'm not doing a good Bubba Ray. I don't want nothing. Get moving or something fucking disrespectful. I'm I go, sure whoa. I'm sure it's like, fuck off or something. Whoa, whoa, I, you know, because I'll fight that motherfucker in a fucking heartbeat. You know, I fought the Sandman in front of 4,000 people. Unfortunately, I didn't know I was fighting, but that's another story. Yeah. So ends up with uh, Tracy Brooks coming up there and some other chick. And he says... He gives me this fucking uh, friendly lecture that uh, you should just be yourself and not uh, drop names or whatever. And I go, dude, I don't know you. I was saying that I knew people that fucking knew you. It ended up he paid for a shot for me, him, and Tracy Brooks. So fuck you, busted open faggot. Wait a minute. He, He paid for you a shot and you're calling him a bitch? Well, I mean, he he, he kind of, like, tried to bitch me out, and then when I wouldn't leave, I, you know, I was in a friendly mood, Ray, that night, and I, I just don't like that guy, I think. Well, I really wasn't looking for an explanation. You don't need an explanation to uh, tell me why you don't like Bubba Ray Dudley. He doesn't come off as somebody that's very likable. I mean, Ray, Ray Russell, as... As a guy who's my um, cohort in this venture, sure. We, me, and you have talked off air. You're not a little guy, no. So you walk up to a fucking whatever, you know. You're a pro wrestling person, and you respectfully approach them, and then they give you some fucking bullshit. Are you going to go? Oh my god, that guy's on TV, or oh my god, this guy's. In real life, fucking with me. So, what's going to happen? No, I was never don't, a fan of don't that. Don't drop him or nothing. You don't fucking throw a punch, but 
you make it known. No, yeah, especially with, with him in particular. I'm not a fan of him as a, as a human being, so. Fuck him. Fuck <laughs> him. Fuck him and Dave LaGreca. Yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's start a podcast war with Bubba. Yeah, I want a lot of heat. Yeah, let's bring Spike on. And then, and then fucking uh, Hannibal will fly us in to fight him, and we'll fight everybody. Yeah. As I'll long bring- as we get paid. <laughs> We can roll like six deep. We'll we'll call up Sign Guy Dudley and Chubby Dudley and Dances with Dudley, and we'll we'll fucking roll right in. Right on. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You pull the pin, and we'll pick up the pieces. Join me, Ray Russell, and my co-host Stephen Eckstad as we take a trip down memory lane to wrestling history's past as we analyze and dissect complete years of wrestling history from your favorite promotions, from Hulkamania to Mulky Mania. From the Midnight Express to the Lex Express. Which promotion are we deep diving into next? What year have we time traveled back to now? Tune in and find out on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Home of the free prize giveaway. You know, I'm tired of talking about fighting people. and Tell, tell us how you really feel. No, I, Ray, I love you, man. So what yeah. you're saying is you're not a fighter, you're a lover now. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Oh. I, I'm an old man. I just hate these, like, fake tough guys. But anyway, oh. I never put myself over like that. It's just when people are, are assholes. But anyway, um, I have a segment. You don't say. <laughs> I hear something. I got to put my hand to my ear like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh, my God. I think some some shit's happening. Like the universe has realized. Oh, boy. You uh, you told us you were retiring this segment, but it clearly, clearly that was a not that was an untrue statement. At the time, it was very true because I thought I offended somebody I was hanging out with. But I realized that TR Shocks the World on WrestleCopia.com, alongside shows like Wrestling Grenade and all the things you can find on there and, and the Patreon and everything else, I have to do the Sizzling Six. There it is. The sizzling six makes its return after no hiatus. Hey, Dave Meltzer, do you do a sizzling six? I wouldn't even want to know what's in Dave Meltzer's sizzling six. Hey, John McAdam, do you do a sizzling six? That might be a little interesting. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian Last and Jim Cornette, do you do a sizzling six? But I'll say. Brian Last is a great co-host. Jim Cornette experiences and the drive-thru are fantastic. And Jimmy slips some things in that refer to female wrestlers. So God bless them for that. (laughs) But I do a sizzling six that I don't care about anything or anyone. I just tell you the facts. (laughs) Just the facts, man. Coming in at number six. Yes. Listen, this fucking 
mustache-wearing, heat-getting on Twitter son of a bitch that used to work for Norm Connors, who I worked for and I love, in Pittsburgh. That's right, Norm Connors. Corey Graves. And she's been here before, and it's no bias, but I can't fucking keep her out. The most beautiful woman in WWE is Carmella. See, when you said must- mustache wearing, I thought you were going to say Nyla Rose. So you threw me off there for a second. <laughs> you threw me off there for a second. No, that's uh, non-shaved vagina. But whatever the hell's going on there, that big old knee-dropping fucking on the rope to chicks, you fucking cunt. But anyway. I apologize. Jeez. This is supposed to be a lover segment. I apologize. Jesus Christ. You Back to them fighting words. <laughs> I would fight Nyla Jax. Nyla Jax. Nyla Jax. There you go. Whichever one got released, come fight me. <laughs> That's the wrong one. I will not go up for your power bomb. I will fucking non-sell. And I will just fucking headbutt your nose. You fucking Native American, if that's the one or the other one that just got released, I will headbutt your fucking Hawaiian rock loving ass. She's fucking Simone. You don't want to headbutt her. You're talking about Nyla Nyla Rose. In the nose, I will. In the nose? I would never hit a woman. No. Oh, that's right. Nyla Rose is a woman. But anyway, you're ruining <laughs> you're ruining my sexual fucking. Did I say sexual? That's not cool now. Um, I honestly love three ways. I love four ways. I know you do, dear. I was We're getting getting you. getting you back in the groove, Tom. All right, um, Carmella like was number six. She's already been number one, and she's been in the top three out of five. Right. Is it five, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, how can you look at Carmella and not say, holy fuck. The one week she pulled her hair back, I'm not a fan of the pulling the hair back look. Are you, well, Ray? Well, you're going to hate me, so I'm not going to comment at all. Uh-oh, you like I, the hair back. No, no, no. No, it's just far worse than that. Cocky? No, I'm thinking um, I'm not a fan, so... See, that's the hair back. You don't look at the whole package when she. I've, uh, looking, I've 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 seen it, Tom, for a few years now. Oh my God! I will ask you after, maybe off air, maybe on air. <laughs> who's better? Who's better than? Who's better than? Number five, who comes uh, like an RKO out of nowhere? Okay. We talked about this situation earlier, and you will work your magic to make it make sense. I'll try. This girl that was a uh, softball player, an athlete, a great-looking natural woman. You make me feel like a softball player. What are you, fucking Jim Ross? A softball player, by God, for us broke in the wrestling business. But... Jim Ross, God bless him. Yeah. Uh, he's on like number 17 of uh, chemo. But he... <laughs> I'm not laughing at chemo and skin cancer and shit like that. 
But JR will be back on Dynamite like in two weeks. He will. He, he just fucking... JR will never die, and I'm glad that he don't. But number five is this girl named Jamie who I want to, if there's any opportunity in my life, if she is wasted like at a truck stop in New Jersey, <laughs> Why would and she I live it? in... Listen, don't fuck with me, right? I'm having my situation here. I mean, she went out with Chris Sabin and fucking Hurricane Helms and uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, and they're just they're just done via Twitter. Like, don't ask, don't tell, don't don't fuck with anybody. Um, this girl has everything that. A guy could want. And imagine lying in bed with a girl who has breast implants, the best ass in the history of asses, and pretty eyes, perfect hair, drinks beers, and loves wrestling. Velvet Sky, you should be number one, but you're number five on the sizzling six. Now at least she's in there. Oh, God, is she in there? Uh-huh. Um, number four. This is a strange uh, sidetrack, but I got to pay attention to everything, Ray. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. You don't pay attention to everything. Do you, do you watch Ring of Honor? No, not at all. Do you watch Impact? Not at all. I've never watched Impact. See, this is terrible because... You prep for your shows and you watch all the stuff and you're excellent and you're a genius and you're a historian. And I cannot give you uh, any more respect for what you know, but there's some new things that you have to glance at once in a while when you have a break. And one of those breaks is Impact Wrestling. Now, I know that that's not easy to do, but I do. And... Sean Spears, you know him from AEW and, yeah. and the, other, the other gimmick of WWE. What is Ty Dillinger, yeah. He was the 10 from... That's right. Remember his girl that he married or whatever? Vaguely. You're not helping me here. Tell me your fucking name and I'll let you know. Well, I will. I mean, they were in the WWE as the Iconics. Oh, okay, yeah. I gotcha. So... Apparently, when they got released, and if you watch Impact Wrestling for like one second, you realize that the people have a lot of creative control. <laughs> I would imagine. This girl and her tag team partner, Billy Kay, and now they're called Cassie Lee or what, whatever the fuck they're called now. Number four, they shake their ass, they have big tits. Billy Kay has like, I think real tits, maybe, maybe not, but, and I'm saying tits, I'm saying ass, I'm saying pussy, I'm, I'm shooting. (laughs) These Australian fucking girls came to America, went to a wrestling school, and they do flat back bumps with, uh, Scotty, not Scotty Tuati, uh, who's the other guy with Sean Spears? Uh, the WWE guy. I don't, know who the hell he, I don't know who the hell he was with in WWE. 
God, you don't do the flat back bump, uh, school. Anyway, it's it's Tyler. <laughs> We're talking about fucking. Oh, okay. Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears have a school where I did, I did not know that the Iconics used to fuck around when they had these big contracts. Okay, but now. They're in TNA, Billy Kay, and he, she's called Cassie Lee, but I forget her WWE name. Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce! Yes! 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 Peyton Royce is fucking hot, and she shakes her ass at the top of the fucking ramp, and she's got a fucking fake stack up top, and she's gorgeous. So, number four, the Iconics or the Influencers, which, you know, they're called now. Let's just stick with the Iconics. Okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go with Peyton Royce. I'll leave Billy Kay off my list. Listen. <laughs> oh, boy. She, in person, I believe you would change your opinion. Okay. Well, we're not in person, Tom, so. Number three. <laughs> I hate to do this like I did with Carmella. Okay. But listen, right? It's only been like since October something. Right. It's only a little bit. But I... Are you into hair? Sure. Absolutely. Do you... I mean, besides a beautiful woman with a beautiful body and beautiful eyes and a beautiful smile, you know, like the old school, like, commercials like you're almost as old as me if they flicked their hair and their hair was nice wouldn't that do something for you yeah a nice set of hair works yeah absolutely well i'm not talking pampiro furpo i'm talking oh, yeah! i'm talking <laughs> hair on the head yeah i gotcha and as much as i don't want her in here She's lost probably like 30 pounds, and she's so fucking sexual because, like, she gets upside down and stuff, and she doesn't even like the business. I don't want her here for that reason, too. Like, she didn't grow up a fan like Ruby Riot or nothing. But Chris Statlander, uh, I want to boop you. <laughs> boop. On the nose or somewhere else? In her fucking vagina. Okay. In her titties. In her fucking hair. <laughs> oh, now that's where we that's where we were going with the hair. Okay. Her hair is so wonderful and blossomous. <laughs> or I don't I don't even know what that means. Uh it should be a shirt. Right on. Blossomness. What number are we at right now? That was, you made that three. That was three. Okay. You're a fan of Chris Statlander. Oh, my goodness. Boop. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she was terrible on Cole Cabana's uh, Jericho Cruz what did guest she do? list. <laughs> what did she, she do? Just, she just sucked. Her and, her and his uh, pockets was his name. Orange Cassidy? They were just like, um, okay. You know, but you're still hot, Chris. Now that is raw! It's raw. 
They didn't uh, provide any entertainment, but however, we're down to number two, and I have to go the boss. Sasha consistently, her lower body, her upper body and her face are beautiful. They are little, but they are beautiful. She has a little face. I guess. Whatever the fuck's up top. But okay. what is it? Have a dream Whatever the fuck. When she shakes her hips, her hips keep getting wider and her ass keeps getting firmer. And uh, my goodness. Tonight on SmackDown, this is December, what, 3rd? Something like that. 3rd, 4th, 3rd, 3rd. She took a fucking thing from uh, Shayna Baszler, and she, I think I went through this before earlier, right? Yeah, you took the bump, yeah, the bump, yeah, the bump story, we we did that already. But, I mean, what did she do? Did I explain that she... I believe you said she took a back bump, she was laying flat on her back, but her feet were also under her ass. She touched her ass, and she, her head touched the back of the mat, if you can see that, listeners. And her vagina was exposed. Anybody that has DVR'd that show, just... Pause that. She laid back. She ended up playing into the finish because Shayna allegedly thought that she was done because her legs were behind her buttocks and her vagina was out there for anyone. Even that guy that rolled Seth Rollins, he could have came in and ate her. Her vagina probably is so awesome. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? You're bending backwards with that fucking wardrobe-making motherfucker? How lucky is that Indian motherfucker? What the fuck is he fucking... ah, How the fuck? You used to hang out with Callisto. And you just lay back and shoot your pussy at me while I'm doing a podcast? Ah! What the fuck? I want to fuck you. I want to finger you. I want to eat you. I want to fucking put my ass in your poo dang. <laughs> wow. Why are you so hot? Now that is raw! <laughs> Holy shit. I'm not trying to be on figure four online. I'm not trying to be on stick to wrestling. I'm not trying to be on Battle and Barry. I'm not trying to, well, 605 I would go back to probably, but Ray would have to come with me. Anyway, Sasha, 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 oh, or Mercedes, whatever the fuck your real name is. Jesus Christ, don't bend over backwards without me coming in with my fucking five-inch figure fucking... Ugh. Anyway. Wow. I didn't know this was a good segment. <laughs> it's leaning that way. So was she number two? That was two. That means there's still one left. Whoa! There you go. There's your cue. 
Yeah. If you watched that pay-per-view Survivor Series, I believe, or SummerSlam, or... Um, <laughs> Survivor Series. <laughs> what it was. In your house. I watched In Your House. House. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw the greatest female wrestler of all time, despite her father's fucking killing his career, uh, Charlotte Flair, fight this girl who's with Colby Garcia. What's his name? I have no idea. Colby Colby right. Lopez. Okay, that sounds fucking Garcia. <laughs> As the rolling fucking insane fucking fan attack, Colby Lopez. This whole deal distracted everybody from the fucking nice ass. And I challenge anybody to go to Becky Lynch, Becky Roddy Piper of the New Age. Oh my God, I would fucking. Uh, that fucking ass. You had the stupid boots on that covered most of your legs, which was a dumb move. But <laughs> when men look at the fucking ass and the, uh, well, black men look at the ass to fuck. White men, and I can say that from experience, and anybody has a problem, I'll explain it to them. White men look at a nice ass to eat your fucking asshole out. And fucking suck on your pussy till you come in their fucking mouth. And whoa! Your vagina was <laughs> milf fucking milf fucking milf. Fucking top of the line. There's nobody, even people that didn't have kids, that could touch her lower body that night except Charlotte and the ref, apparently. But I would have fucking waited in line to just suck on your ass cheek. <laughs> Wonderful. Lovely. Well, that was quite, quite a sizzling six, Tom. Yeah. We gotta make fucking something. <laughs> but it was a shoot about Becky. I'll tell you what, when you got to those those top two, man, lots of detail there. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, what do we gotta cover? Anything? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how you top that. Um Yeah, I wanna eat Becky's cup. <laughs> Wonderful. So, any other guys? Peak your interest right now in WWE. <laughs> well, I mean, there is RK Bro, and they're, you know, Midnight Express like versus Rock and Roll <laughs> feud with uh, Edward James and. Uh, <laughs> Almost, right? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and let me make a statement now, a profound statement. When Ric Flair is sitting there with Mark Madden and all these motherfuckers and whatever, AJ Styles can work in ring. 
AJ Styles is the bottom five personality in wrestling. He's fucking awful. He gets the scripts from Dewey Foley or whoever the fuck else. <laughs> and I love it, Mick. Don't don't fucking hurt me, Mick or or Dewey. I love you, but he doesn't translate to anyone. He's terrible. He's five foot two in the ring. Like if you work with him, you be like, it's night off. Kurt Angle be like Undertaker. Just work with AJ Styles and be a night off. Yeah, well, in ring. But so was fucking Mike Jackson on Georgia Championship Wrestling. He can't remember the bullet points, so he just fucking just talks stupid. But everybody keeps him around. Everybody hires him and pays him fucking million dollars because he's a great in-ring worker, which I did say a couple times. (laughs) Did you just compare AJ Styles to fucking Mike Jackson? Yes, I did, because they're the same level. Because Mike Jackson couldn't (laughs) talk and he could work. Actually, Mike Jackson, Tommy Dreamer booked him, and he could still work. AJ yeah. Jackson could work. Is it? I mean, AJ Jackson. Jackson. AJ Styles, and confront me. Come to me, AJ. You pussy. That dude. He's a good dude. Uh, <laughs> there was one time in TNA that he went, uh, "Eric Young, you son of a bitch." I want you in this ring. I'm just saying, like, uh, I guess. I just want you in this ring because nobody fucking scripted him. But the thing with his eyes last week, with his glasses, oh, my God, AJ Styles is the worst. He's terrible. A guy like Sami Zayn gets a fucking script, and he fucking dances, and he's doing fucking pop rock like the movie Breaking. And he fucking, all of a sudden tonight, he's face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. AJ Styles has this big Dr. Dre the Giant with him, this fucking monster. And that's the guy that's got to get over. AJ Styles, I'm sure, eventually will go to AEW. I hope Tony Khan's not a fucking retard. But he'll probably hire AJ for... Oh, my God. Could you imagine AJ Styles versus Brian Danielson? Yeah, I already saw it. Um, <laughs> could you imagine AJ Styles versus Kenny Omega? I don't know if I saw that, but I don't want to. Could you imagine AJ Styles versus Colt Cabana on Dynamite? Yeah, I already saw it. On Rampage. <laughs> yeah. <That> would... <laughs> I mean, AJ Styles... Uh, if you could take advice from me, you millionaire with Bill Barron still probably having fucking 75% of your contract. <laughs> Insiders will recognize that reference. Oh, yeah. AJ, Allen, whatever the fuck your name is, <laughs> you're five foot fucking seven. You just bounce off that top rope and do your little elbow and do your little fucking calf crusher. It's a forearm, this- it's not an elbow. Whatever the fuck he does. He's terrible. Like, not he's terrible in the ring. He's No, I, I get what you're saying. I just I've never heard it, this this uh point of view before. I just <laughs> hope people understand what I'm saying. Like in the ring, he's great. But so are a million other people. AJ Styles 
besides that initial pop, I believe it was Orlando because people wanted to see. And it would be the same thing for Kenny Omega. People wanted to see him in the big leagues. Just let him, you know, boom. He's made fucking fool's money. He's fucking terrible as a personality. He's awful. Watch TNA. Watch his interviews. He did one good promo in his whole 17, 20-year career. Why don't you go back to MTV real life and fucking do a tackle, drop down, fucking whatever, you fuck. You suck, AJ Styles. Wow. Never heard that take on AJ before. Well, you're going to hear it again from the boys. Uh, Kurt Angle goes, uh, Undertaker, you should do your last match with AJ because you get a good match out of that kid. That's yeah, that's what I said. You can get a good match out of that motherfucker, but you can't do a promo like MJF against CM Punk. You can't do Piper against fucking Greg Valentine. Nobody. He's not. He shouldn't even be considered. What an awful! And his hair is terrible. <laughs> his hair. Him. And yeah, he just, just plays video games. He's terrible. Go out and drink with the fucking Good Brothers one night. Give me a picture of you fucking uh, getting fucking doing shots of whiskey and having some Asian chick fucking sit on your face, you fucking <laughs> Alan Sarvin or whatever your name is. <laughs> That's fucking Al Snow, dude. <laughs> oh, but anyway, that wasn't the point of my rant. <laughs> Al Sarvin, the fuck? Oh, are you <laughs> you had another point. He's, <laughs> he's with Dr. Dre the Giant. Yeah, well, you heard you heard what Undertaker said, right? He he told him he's a specialist. He's like the next Andre, the specialist Andre or whatever. Yeah, he's <laughs> specialist Andre. Yeah, that's what Taker says. Was he in fight? Yeah, Callaway. CTE. Listen, Mark. Uh, this is Big Mark. Mm-hmm. I can't really bury Mark Callaway, the Undertaker. He much respect Undertaker, but. Listen, you were in Memphis, and you were fucking whatever your name was, and you were with Monster Factory Product, uh, the Godfather, but his name was the Soul Taker. Right. And they were together, and my ex-friend, Brian Trammell, used to fucking drive them to fucking uh, Evansville and all this other shit, and you were a fucking jabron. You were. You don't talk about it on Joe Rogan or nothing like that. You were just nothing. Brian Trowell used to run you around and fucking take pictures of you. And, oh, boom, somebody got a boom, somebody got a call from WCW. Oh, I could do jobs. Just fucking be real, man. You fucking jabrons. You fucking all of a sudden like, oh my god, when I stand in the ring and that fucking gong hits. The dude was getting a ride from Brian Trammell. Hello? The dude was getting a ride from Brian Trammell. You're nervous because Gong hit? What are you, fucking afraid of fucking J.P. Morgan and fucking Chuck Barris? (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with this industry? Anyway. (laughs) I don't know, man. Sorry to get uh, candid. As as the uh, young people say, 
Now, that's funny. You know, when you started telling these stories, you mentioned RK Bro. I was going to ask you, did you hear the story about Randy Orton and the camel? Oh, he didn't. Or he did want to ride the camel. Right. He wanted to ride a camel. Uh, like, Riddle and him both ride a camel. And Vince McMahon told him no. And he asked why not. And Vince said, because your character doesn't ride camels. <laughs> and Orton said, what the fuck does my character do? Like, Vince has his mind made, you know, it's like, your character doesn't ride camels. What the fuck? Oh, I'm glad. Oh, thank God you brought that up. <laughs> what, the camels? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about, like, bad cigarettes from fucking assholes. <laughs> um, what I'm talking about is Randy Orton. WWE, which is why I can't watch it. We haven't even talked about AEW, and we're probably not going to because we won a long time. But uh, Randy Orton, and uh, they do a feud, the RK Bro, with the Dirty Dogs. Right. Are you familiar with the Dirty Dogs? Yeah, I'm familiar. Well, one is your high school classmate or whatever, Nick Nemeth. <laughs> not go to high school with them. Don't even fucking change the story now. You were, <laughs> you and him were tight. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> for, for, bro, for story purposes. You defeated at Kent State. I get it. You don't want to brag, but it is TR Shocks the World, and I need a credible co-host. So, Randy Orton and RK Bro against the Dirty Dogs. Dolph Ziggler has made it public. He's a great worker. He's almost like uh, what I tweeted about uh, Baron Corbin. They're not going to get released. They're there to get paid like 15 grand a week or whatever and just show up and work their ass off and don't care about what Meltzer says or what I say or what you say. They have a dream job. They're across the country. They can fuck strange hot chicks. Blah, 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 blah. Bobby Roode, Big Bob. Did you get that Big Bob thing? Yeah, gotcha. It was fucking funny as shit when it, when it and it's still a rib. Robert Roode is like 45. Yeah. Right? He's, he's got to be somewhere in the 40s. Could you imagine if uh, Tony Khan, and I put over Tony Khan here, or an AEW mind like that gives a fuck about shit? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't think this happened. But like, if they had this, like, because they do the same shit on Raw every time. If they had a, a deal where they wanted to split up uh, Riddle and Orton or whatever, which I'm sure. Orton does by now. And I think Riddle's funny. I do think he's funny. I think they give him bullet points, and I think he's just funny. But, you know, that's my opinion. I might be wrong. But could you imagine if, like, it ended up, like, if you were a real, if you were Bill Watts, and <laughs> you had this, like, couple-week raw thing where Randy Orton, Riddle, fight the dirty dogs again to a non-finish 
all of a sudden, Randy Orton fucking starts pounding the mat or whatever the fuck he does. Uh, is fucking Mark Riddle. Not that he's not good or anything. I like Riddle. He just starts going, what are you doing or whatever? And boom, he just fucking kills him with an RKO. And fucking uh, Ziggler comes and tries to do the zigzag. He blocks and kills him with an RKO. And then Big Bob comes over <laughs> and escapes the RKO and does something to fucking Orton. Could you imagine, like, well, I'm talking AEW booking, not WWE book. Okay. Could you imagine a fucking real, legit, territory-like feud for, like, six months between Robert Roode and fucking Randy Orton? Uh, I don't know if that would work today with the today's fans, but, I mean, throwback, yeah. You could you could do something like that for sure. Well, I kind of just booked a way to without Bruce Pritchard and without uh, Johnny Laurinaitis and uh, all these people that don't know anything. <laughs> I would love to see Robert Roode because I mean it's his last run. He he don't care. He just eats fucking eggs. Robert Roode legitimately, and I'll put this out there, he just eats eggs. Egg uh, whites, rather. Right. Whatever works, man. It's I mean, keeping, it's keeping egg, him going. It's keeping his fucking 59-year-old body, whatever the fuck it is. Like, he eats egg whites. Like, he'll, he'll boil eggs and just get rid of the yolk. And get to the next town. Bobby, as Pat McAfee said, Bobby Roode hasn't eaten a carb since 1985. Well, it could be true. I don't know about 85, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. mean, I'd buy it. I mean, the guy's still in great shape for his mid-40s. I mean, and having wrestled for as long as he has. My point is, Ray, after you clean this up. Yeah. If there could be a, a legit with a good booker. Randy Orton versus Rob Rude, Big Bob. I think that'd be fantastic. Well, it's two guys in their 40s. Listen, who does this podcast? <laughs> uh, you do. One guy in their 40s. Yeah. One guy in their 50s now, right? 52? All right, let's go. Let's go to AEW real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which. Hold on. All right. Are you drinking? No, no. All right, never mind. Just just listening to what you were saying. Let's talk about Ring of Honor. I can't can't help you there. So you want to talk? (laughs) So you want to talk Ring of Honor? Yeah, because they're going out of business. You know, slowly going out of business. They've only fired all of their wrestlers. See, this is what should be safe for the air, asshole. It is the air, asshole. Why are you taping shit? Because we're talking about it. All right, listen. <laughs> Ring of Honor. Right. Do you remember that promotion? <laughs> I, I, I recall, vaguely recall. See, this could be entertaining. I remember it because I'm from Philadelphia. 
and there was this kid oh, no. who was two years younger than me called Rob Feinstein. Oh, yeah, what about him? Why are you welcome? Uh, not a fan. Well, listen, I'm not a fan either, but I'm just talking about the origin of this Ring of Honor thing. Yes, okay. This is about the time that Ray Russell and Tom Robinson are kind of bouncing around the indies. And there's a reckless youth was the king. Yes. Um, What's his name, Tom? I don't know what reckless youth's real name was, but yeah, he was the the original original internet darling. No, and he, he deserved it. And everybody else will say he deserved it, but. You know, the Sammy Zanes and the Kevin Owens and the fucking whoever. But right. um so Rob Feinstein, as Dennis would say, created this ring of honor with whoever his backer was at the Northeast Philadelphia Armory. And uh then Carrie Silken comes in and I like Carrie Silken. He does a show with Ian Riccoboni, blah 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 blah. They're good people. Um, Brian Last doesn't like them, or he likes Ian, but he doesn't like Carrie because he has his own narrative about Carrie. But sorry, I just have to explain everything. So the first time I saw, and this is segueing into Ring of Honor, um, Brian Danielson wrestle was at Jim Kentner's tournament of fucking whatever he did and it was the finals low-key versus brian danielson low-key actually won the tournament it was the best fucking thing i've seen in a long time i actually you know give fists to both of them motherfuckers and i said to myself it's a shame vince will never give either one a chance that was 2002 i think so, Ring of Honor is out of business. They have Final Battle, Sinclair Broadcasting, and there's a lot of reasons, I guess, that will play itself out. But, you know, there's uh, they released everybody from their contracts. So, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, you're listening to this, so you know that Jay Lethal is an AEW. You know, the Briscoe brothers were backstage in Virginia, and Jim Cornette is lobbying on his podcast for them to be a part. But they make a lot of money on the chicken farm, and they just laugh at wrestling in a weird way because they make a couple grand a week and then they make like 500 appearance you know what i mean so you have to uh balance that out but they could easily go to wwe or aew um i don't don't think they'd make it to the wwe i don't think they could uh handle the uh the formatting the vince mcmahon formatting of getting there at a certain time and and doing exactly what you're told i don't i don't see that happening i agree i agree right but those those two nuts are, you know, if Vince, like, caught a hold of them through somebody he got worked by, like a Bruce. Right. That said, hey, these two, blah, 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 he would put them against, who's his tag team champions, the Usos? 
Uh, sure, why not? I have no idea. Who cares about the Usos? <laughs> In fact, let me go off again. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Ugh. Like, that was great for the first 17 weeks. And now, finally tonight, you brought Brock back or whatever. Like, I used to defend, like, it's so terrible. But I got to get back to what I was saying. Ring of Honor. Okay. Um, Jay Lethal got signed, Tony Khan, if you're listening, by you. Chris Harrington, if you're listening, he got signed by you. Not going to say. He's a bad worker or a bad guy or anything, but Mark Madden's first show with Ric Flair, the 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 reference that we we used earlier. Yeah. Um Mark Madden said uh I introduced myself to him. Mark Madden was a WCW announcer, give or take with the internet and stuff and whatever, but he was there for seven years. Jay Lethal turned away from him. I saw Jay Lethal and Nick. Is Nick the long-haired Jackson? I don't know who the, which one's which, so you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, it's Nick Jackson at a, at a casino that I frequent. Guess who was standoffish? Not the young buck. Well, I mean, I figured that. I, thought, I felt like that's where the story was going. Um, so Jay Lethal, fucking put yourself in check, you fucking pussy. Um, really, I mean, Jay Lethal, because he does a macho man and a Ric Flair impression. I've done that in... (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. You know, whatever. You even have a a Mike Jackson impression, so yeah. Yeah. Right. But fuck Jay Lethal, I think. I doubt he's walking into... AEW with any kind of an ego. I mean, I'm sure he's happy to be there and happy to be signed. And he's got to have friends to be signed that fast. I would imagine somebody said, yeah, they vouched for him, I would imagine. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, the Young Bucks love him and, you know, whatever, Cornette loves him, but Samoa Joe loves him, too. But, you know, you guys love him, but a mid-level talent, Ray Russell, if you go up to Jay Lethal and you say, hey, man, I respect your work, and you shake his hand, and he goes, uh, okay, are, are you wanting to punch his fucking five, six face? Am I wanting to punch it? No, because I've experienced that type of thing so many times with so many guys I respect far more than him. So for him to do that, I'd be like, you're just a dude. I would never, spe- I would never even say that to him anyway. I don't have any interest in shaking his hand. Well, I, I was, I, thank you, but I, w- I was saying in the, in the preposterous world of my life. Right. If you were in the preposterous world of my life and you were Ray Russell, but not TR, and you went up to him and you were giving props. Okay. I got and it. he gave you a negative uh, thing. It's not the 80s, it's not territory with kayfabe or nothing. It's, you know, just... He's just being a douche. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, but the young buck flipper dude, Nick, 
Okay. Was so nice. And then I mentioned the name Carrie Silken. And he, uh, all of a sudden, Jay Lethal was my friend. So, fuck you, Jay Lethal. Ah, that's where we were getting to. <laughs> I'm tired of these cunts. Hey, man, it's the, uh, it's the generation, bro. Rebo Man. All right, so there it was, guys. The lost episode of TR Shocks the World. It ends there because, well, Tom attempted to try to get into some conversation about the, the death of Ring of Honor, or the dying Ring of Honor at the time, of course, already resurrected by Tony Khan since that time. But we started to get into Ring of Honor, and Tom kind of made that left turn at Albuquerque, if you will. Nevertheless, Tom got into a uh, story about meeting one of the Young Bucks and Jay Lethal in the casino, and then he's off uh, to the races discussing his thoughts on Mr. Jay Lethal, and for a very good reason, it would seem. Uh, nevertheless, uh, from that point in the conversation, it kind of devolved into a typical phone conversation back and forth about wrestling and non-wrestling things. It wasn't so much a, a podcast anymore at that point in the conversation. And we'd have been on the phone so long, I told Tom, I got to get going, buddy. I got to be up in about four hours to do some things with the kids uh, Saturday morning. So we ended the conversation about 30 minutes after what you just heard in right there. And that was it for the night. So I really completely forgot after being on the phone or on Skype with Tom for five hours, I forgot to even get back to the show to close the show. So very unprofessional on my part by then. But like I said, this was completely off format. It was out of the blue. It was almost like, hey, let's have a great phone conversation and let's see what we can use of that for this episode of the show. And it really worked out. I thought it did anyway. Some very intriguing comments from Tom, very candid Certainly opinions and comments and uh, challenges thrown out there by TR at times throughout this episode of the show. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope I made the right call in getting this out. And Tom has yet to hear the edited version of the show or the unedited version for that matter. I know Tom's looking forward to hearing both versions of this show. So I'm putting this out there for everyone to hear, including Tom for the first time right here on the open airwaves. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And Tom, I hope I did you proud. I hope you enjoyed what I made of this uh, fun conversation we had all the way back in the early part of December. Let's do it again real soon, buddy. Tom, of course, since that time, has had some health issues with his eyes. I know he's been overcoming that, but Tom, I hope to be back on the air with you very, very soon. In the meantime, you guys can go over to WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com for all the latest news and information, all the new podcasts going up there as part of the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And again, you can follow Tom on Twitter at TRShock. You can follow me, Ray Russell, on Twitter at Rasslin Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. All the latest news and information in the podcast network, and that includes all of our podcast shows, including TR Socks the World, The Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, and so much more. You guys can go follow me on Twitter at Rasslin Grenade, and be sure to follow Tom on Twitter. And don't be shy. Contact Tom. Hit him up. And if you have a question you want Tom to answer or discuss or a topic you want Tom to discuss on the show, future shows of TR Socks the World, hit him up or hit me up and let us know. And we'll do our best to answer the question or discuss the topic right here on TR Socks the World. But for now, this is Ray Russell saying we hope you guys enjoyed the lost episode of TR Socks the World, and we hope to have so much more for you in the very near future. But it's so long for now from the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And TR, oh, did he ever shock the world. <laughs>